This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that will not be moved. So, uh, what for many was a jolly old stroll down to the seaside, had the pressure ramped up thanks to Spurs beating Watford 4-0 to reduce the gap to four points. Would Chelsea melt like the day trippers ice creams? They did not. They stepped up to the plate with a comfortable 3-1 win with some pure class from Eden Hazard and Marcus Alonso. Even Diego Costa, playing more like a donkey from the Bournemouth beach, could not stop the Blues marching on. Seven games left. We need to win five of them. Make it, ha- make it happen, Chelsea. Make it happen. I am Stanford Chidge, and the name of tonight's show is the Chelsea Fancast Balance to the Force. And I would like to say I have a very well balanced team tonight, as always. On my, uh, actually, he's in he's in pole position this week. He's in the middle of my screen. Is Mr. Jonathan Kidd? Thank you, Chich. My equilibrium is good. <clears throat> You're well balanced tonight, are you, J.K.? Very well balanced. Yes, very, yes, very. Except a little bit, a little bit hay fevered. A are little you? bit streaming. Uh, yeah, because yeah. it's all. It was the the warmest March. Um, since 1957, and all the blossoms come out, and I am uh, a weeping fool this end. I am oh, <laughs> sneezing and weeping and red-eyed and horrendously unattractive, so nobody try to kiss me. Yep. Uh, I think you'll, you can be safe in the knowledge that none of us will try and kiss you tonight. Uh, right, other than Jonathan, of course, we have the lovely, wonderful, uh, his right honourable Reverend Tony Glover himself. And good evening, Archbishop. And I will tell you now, tonight I am 50% yin and 50% yang. Has some balance for you. I'm, I'm, Does well, that I'm... mean you're in touch with your female side? 
Uh, I, I have no idea what it means, JK. Um, I just know that people go around throwing out phrases like, normally in the East Stand, uh, people say things like, oh, it's the yin and yang of today and, and what have you. Just phrases that I hear from over that area. Well, I'm, I'm, good. I'm, okay. I'm almost, I'm almost, you know, <clears throat> I'm almost stunned into silence by by hearing all that. Um, right, last but by by no means least, uh, the very the you uh, the ubiquitously balanced Clayton Beerman. Hello, good evening. Splendid to be back. I can tell you that my feng shui is uh, in a fine place this evening. Well, I'm I'm very glad to hear that. Uh, Right, I think uh, other than we've done our introductions, it's good to see everybody as always. A good lineup tonight, actually. I'm I'm I'm, I'm thinking that this could be a good show tonight. Anyway, right, uh, what is on it? Well, um, first of all, in part one, we're going to ask: Is Costa a shanker or a shirker? That's uh, easy for me to say. Um, as our top striker appears to be entering a slump in form just at the wrong time. And, I, and I'll be honest with you people, this has a lot to do with a, a little bit of a, a chat on Twitter that I was having with Tony yesterday. And I think Tony and I were on slightly different sides of the argument, but we will get into that in part one, which is this part, in fact. Anyway, in part two, we're going to discuss why Marcus Alonso and Victor Moses bring balance to the force and praise oh. Conte in making them better players, whilst also adopting a system to bring the best out of our best player, Eden Hazard. Uh, in part three, we're going to look back at the win against City last week and again applaud Conte for his tactical switch, which led to a defensive masterclass and a crucial and possibly title-deciding win against a threatening City side. Now, in part four, to wrap up, we have... Well, uh, it says here we've got emails from Madhav Seti from India, Bobby D from Australia and Nick Barkley from New York uh, with questions on Chelsea's transfer policy, our quirkiest Chelsea game and how to approach a stranger you suspect as a fellow, fellow Chelsea supporter. But we, we also had two late runners, so there's another couple that we might bung in there as well if we have time. Um, anyway, don't forget, you can listen to the show live every Monday at 7 o'clock by going to Mixler mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hi from Fancast where you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page uh, you can also tweet at Chelsea Fancast during the show tell us what you think about the games anything else on Chelsea and I, we have a lot of people in the house we have the lovely thistled up Bonnie Rig Blues tonight uh, which is good Andy Silverman's in there JP McCrate Praj is in there John Chips Chiverton is in there Johnny T Lovely. Johnny T's in there. Benny the Blue, Matt Jazz, all the usual suspects. Bob Ray, All good stuff and fine gentlemen to a man. I'm sure there's some very fine ladies in there too. I just haven't scrolled down that far, as the actress said to the bishop. Anyway, after this oh, after this little break, we will be talking all about, as always, on Chidge's script, it says Chelsea versus Palace. But that's because I obviously didn't change it. <laughs> I didn't change it to the Bournemouth game, but uh, well, oh uh, bloody hell, I'm confused. I know, now. you know. I just thought I'd share that with the with the listener who doesn't know this thing. Anyway, after this break, we were talking about the Chelsea versus or the Bournemouth versus Chelsea game.
Okay, so uh, we're back. And uh, first of all, I, you know, as I said earlier on in the introduction, this part really, I, I just felt Tony and I had a, had a little bit of a, a, a chat on, uh, on, on, on Twitter kind of after the game. Mm about the various merits of Costa. And, I mean, you know, I, I think we should really be fairly honest about this. And I, I think Tony was, you know, I think, you know, Tony and I respect each other's opinion massively, as you know. But And I'll be honest, I think Costa did play like the big bloke at school who you had to have on your team, <laughs> even though he'd had two left feet. Because if you didn't pick him, he'd punch you, you know, if you didn't let him play. <laughs> I mean, and, and he, he did, really, didn't he? He did play like yeah, that, yeah. let's be yeah, honest, yeah. you know. Don't you think yeah. he's beginning to dress like that as well? Don't you think? I mean, I thought that was great. The fact that his shorts are now sort of too long and he doesn't bother to do his socks up properly and the shin pads are falling out. I, I almost think that he's, 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 he's almost if he's been up until he hasn't bothered to go to sleep and he's just turned up at the ground. It's yeah. that other aspect. Jonathan, yeah, Jonathan that, that's what I used to look like when I played football as a kid, mate. I just, just <laughs> I'd, I'd share that with you. Um, I mean, look, look, the, the technical issues of all of this. I mean, you know, it, I should also preface this with the fact that, uh, you know, on the on the Kerry Dixon show last week, I, I said unequivocally that Costa will score because he's never gone three games without uh, four games, sorry, without a, a goal for Chelsea in the Premier League. Um, Marco Worrell wrote an article. Uh, for ESPN saying that, um, you know, that Costa probably should get dropped there or thereabouts. That's pretty much what he said. And I said, no, 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 mate, he will score, lump your house on it. So Marco, uh, basically being pissed in the Cheam Sports Social Club on Friday evening, did lump everything on there. So, of course, mm. the, min- the minute the goal went in, Marco and I were absolutely ecstatic as an ecstatic thing because, of course, I, I-, I felt quite rightly that... Um, you know that that Costa had scored, and then then I realised. In fact, it was only when I realised, only when I watched Match of the Day later, did I realised that it was one of the most awful shanks I've seen <laughs> on a football pitch since. But it was a, it was a great me. turn. That was the thing he did it the work to get himself though, in it? that position, it, it, and then it, it. Oh, it was like he had a sand iron. Uh, being topical there with the masters, like he had a sand iron tied to his foot, and it just went off somewhere else. But you know, a, a goal's a goal. That isn't really my as you said so I, come on tony i'll shut we, we up have, what, what is it well, what is your res- beef what's your beef with costa well, we have a, we have a respectful opinion of each we other. Do. and what we had was a, a sensible conversation as in as if we were two blokes at a bar disagreeing about the football how it should be okay yeah um what i got called out on by by one or two people um was the fact that i said he'd been poor he'd been poor for a couple of months okay i think he's um we are winning um in spite of him not because he's there, okay, and people give me all this cobblers about, well, he's pulling defenders away and he's doing this and doing this. Do you know what I mean? You could put any player on there and do that, okay? He's a striker. I want him to score goals, but his attitude looks off. Um, I think I've said before, it seems to have happened since this, whether this whole China thing was true or not, since the turn do you think of the he, year, Do you think he's got China he in been... it? Tony, do you think he's got China in his hand? Oh, hey, what can I say to that one? Let's pull that one out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, even that where he's hooked up with some China girl. Anyway. Oh, um, <laughs> very good. <laughs> All I've got to say, uh, look. It, do, you th- uh, do you think it might be a uh, China crisis? <laughs> Dear, right. That's, are they so private? Oh, that's enough, China. Ed. All right. Um, but I would say I, I, I have a, a firm opinion that he's not been on form lately. We, we've not he's not been anything like the player we saw in the first half or up to probably the end of end of December. And, and 
what I object to is when people, you know, they sort of jump down his throat and say, well, you don't know what you're talking about. You can't see. Listen, it's the, if you're calling him anything other than poor for the last at least six weeks, then it's the emperor's new clothes syndrome, I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. And I'm the little boy that's saying he's got no clothes on. Whatever you say at the moment, I think Costa is not adding to us. And um, I can't remember which game it was now because my memory's absolutely shot to pieces. But we played without him for a couple of games, I think, with the false number nine. And we still won. I think it was Leicester, actually. Um, and we looked pretty good. And I want the bloke to come back. I love him when he's at his bustling, bastard best. You know, when he's like Drogba, um, but with even more attitude. I love that. But I'm not seeing it at the moment. And mm. all I'm seeing is basically someone who's thrown himself around a little bit. His first touch is poor. Um, and I, I just... Don't know quite what he said. And it, to me, to me, this is just my reading of his body language. Is he doesn't really want to be there. Mm. There you go. Okay. And, right. just, and I'll perfectly take your opinion. All right. All right. Well, no. I, I, well, before I, I'm going to wade in at the end of all of this. I think I think it'd be nice to to let everybody else yeah. to, to to see their response to what you said. Really. So, um, Jonathan, you 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 have a. I mean, I don't know. You may you may well agree with Tony for all I know. But, but what do you think? Well, it's rare for me to agree with Tony, but um, I agree with It's rare for you to agree with anybody, to be fair, JK. It's true, it's true, it's true, it's true. (laughs) But in this case, but then, then, uh, uh, yeah, I I think Tony's got it spot. He's like the, for me at the moment, he's like the bloke who gate crashes your party and uh, and comes in and pukes over the, uh, over the, on the, uh, the sofa. And then, and then you realise that he's marched, marched shit all over the carpet. Um, because he is, he is, uh, uh, it's, it, he, I, I can't really put my finger on it. He doesn't, he doesn't seem to be applying the normal, the norm that you'd expect from a professional footballer in a team of, of brilliance as we are. Um, uh, I mean, I think, I think to slightly disagree with Tony, I think um, it, it, it isn't something that every, anybody and everybody can do that is the runs he does. I think he is making an effort that way. He just can't seem to shoot, as was was evident by his uh, the shanks he was doing. Um, and he's not as quick as he was. I honestly, he looks as if he's been on the piss or something because he's been out all the time. He's he's just not. He, he's, it's like my Sunday football team. You always knew that the the striker Steve Pratt wasn't going to provide anything for you when he insisted on having a fag before he went on the pitch. And he <laughs> and he'd turn up with a he turn up with a bottle. And with, with a bottle of beer, and at halftime he'd insist on being subbed. And also the other thing that he kept doing that really annoyed us was he would actually admit to being offside when he didn't. You know, you wouldn't have a you just have the ref on his own, and it would always be uh, um, uh, there wouldn't be any linesman. And he would actually put his hand up and say, "Ref, I'm offside now." And we used to say, "For fuck's sake, Steve, stop saying it. You might get away with it. You might score a goal." He'd say, "No, but I am offside. No, you're just pissed. You're not offside. You're pissed." And I, I get that feeling about uh, about uh, Costa at the moment. That I, I mean, on in all seriousness, um, I, he hasn't been the same since uh, the, the supposed tapping up. And uh, he's off the pace. Um, he's not making the runs. He's not anticipating anything in the six-yard box. He just doesn't do it. Because the number of times Alonso, who had a fantastic game, Alonso zoomed the ball in and there was nobody there. And the one time he did get in there, he missed it completely. Um, and so you do, you know, I think if he was at his best form as he had been before the China thing, we would have won that game easily. We'd have won 6-1. We'd have won the Palace game easily. We'd have won all the past games easily because he is having chances. But he's he's not miss, he's, he's not pulling the trigger pro- properly as well. You know, I've explained this before, this thing about, you know, when you're with a player and you see the angle and you think there he's made the space, he's done the turn. 
now now pull the trigger now hit it and he takes another another tap at the ball another 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 pace to control it he's doing that as well so uh, um he's he's and there isn't unfortunately uh, there isn't a you can't bring Batshuayi in because he's not mm-hmm. uh, clearly not Part all, of right, the, uh, all right, all right, all right, all right, right. Let, let's let's move it along a, a second. I I I think you know you, you, I agree with you, Jonathan. You you kind of made some really good points there and, and added to what Tony said wonderfully. But please, Clayton, please don't don't abandon me yet. Surely. Um, not only I'm going to abandon you, I'm going to tell you off as well. Why? Um, two Why? things. No, well, no, because I'll come on to it in a second. No, I'm <clears> not going to tell you off. I'm going to disagree with something you said. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna sort of. Anyway, I'll shut up and say what I'm gonna say if that's in a contradiction. Two things: the worst possible insult I can, I can give to to Costa is he played like Torres <gasps> on on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. He was, a, I, he was appalling on Saturday. He was absolutely appalling. And if you cast your mind back. This whole thing about, for some reason, he his feet have turned into two blocks of Toblerones because he can't actually kick the ball. The last time that I can remember him making the goalkeeper have to make a save was against West Ham when Randolph made that brilliant save. He scored in that game. The ball hit him, but he was in the right place. And he had that chance and he nearly scored. Since then, I can't remember in the five games that he's played since then, I cannot remember him testing the goalkeeper. Now, the issue that I had, I was listening to the Kerry Dixon show last week. Excellent, as always. Thank you. And you were, ba- you were basically saying that he's not getting on with it, but he's putting a shift in. I can't see it. He's, he's running into people. He's blundering about. But I don't think he is. I think, and I might be being really unfair, and but I cannot see. One, one, of, one of the things that, and it certainly happened against Man City, is that when we were bringing the ball out from the back, they were on us in a minute. When Man City were bringing the ball out, he was basically lumbering about. Now, I know that perhaps he didn't have the numbers to back him up. And I thought the same very much on Saturday. We, You know, he was wasn't closing them down but at the end of the day you know he basically created one goal completely by accident and was fouled for the third goal absolutely so he had an influence on the game the one thing i i don't know what's going on in that bloke's head i really don't i don't think anybody does um but i did notice um on Saturday, uh, on Wednesday, final whistle went. First player with his arms up in the air was Costa. Yeah. I mean, so I, I just, I just don't, I don't really know what's going on with him. I, I, I think there's, there's something. Uh, sorry, the, my last point was the fact that I think one of the worst thing that's going on is there's no competition well, for his place, uh, and it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't matter how he stinks the place out, his nose is going to get. Clayton, picked. well done, great segue as well, because I, w- I was going to make that point. Uh, as well as go off on a long uh, go off on a long run jk about what i think about this but let me let me address clayton's first point and and and, and i i think that the, you know whether whether you're more forgiving of him as i am or or not i think that it it, it just shows uh the 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 flaw in in whoever's dealing with this at the club in in not having any real competition for for costa and i i know it's difficult because 
you know, to get somebody. I mean, because the bottom line, I mean, this is the thing, actually. I'm, I'm, I know I might go all over the shop with this, but let, let me just bear with me. I, in some respects, I, I, it's hard for me to disagree with a lot of what you guys have said because, it, you know, I, I, I've watched the matches with you and I, and I see that. But on the other hand, there is no doubt in my head that, that, that Diego Costa is a world-class striker and there are very, very, very few world-class strikers, particularly of his type, in the world. So, you know, who are you going to... A, who are you going to replace him with? But I think the other point, which goes back to what Clayton was saying... Who are you going to get in who's kind of almost on a comparable level? Because they're not going to sit there and play second fiddle to, to Costa. So it just doesn't happen. And I think we're kind of a, a bit of a victim of that, or the club are. Batshuayi, for whatever reason, has clearly not trained on, developed, call it what you will. But what annoys me most is that there is no other backup. You know, we, you know the, the farce that they, that they had with Solanke. I mean, there are other options that we could have had. If if Costa's misfiring, if Batshuayi's just clearly just not not on it or isn't going to make it, then we 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 don't have that third option that we could have brought on. And I think that that I don't know if it's going to do us any harm, but I just think it could have been better thought out. I mean, kind of getting back to really where I wanted to go. I mean, I I, I the bottom line is I I don't think there's I don't think the problem is as great as Tony. Jonathan and Clayton are making out here. I really don't. Number one, we're still winning. Number two, I actually do think that you do need to have a bigger picture view on this. Okay, and I said this on the Kerry show, Clayton, didn't I? I said, okay, look, you know, on the one hand, that's what what strikers are all about. They're about putting the ball in the onion bag. It's as simple as that. But you can't be that binary about it. And when you've got a great big hairy-ass striker like Costa, who's got a big reputation, you know, he is going to take two defenders out of the game. He is going to create space for other people by making a nuisance for himself. And I actually disagree with you, Clayton. I thought the City game, he was exceptional. He was our outball when we were absolutely under the cosh. There were moments in that game where we were hoofing it up to him in the hope that he might be able to hold it up or just get involved. And I think he did that pretty well. And I, so I do think his work rate is, is there. I think, okay, he can look a bit languid at times and, 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 and lumber about a bit. But, you know... I, I'm, I don't have an issue with that. I really, really don't. The other thing is, with strikers like Costa, you know, okay, this is the first time he has not scored uh, in four consecutive games in the Premier League for Chelsea. He is just as likely for the last seven games that we've got to go on a run. Because when you look at Costa, uh, strikers like Costa, you look at their total games and the no- total number of goals they score, the great strikers like him will be getting one to one and a half goals. It's basically between one and two goals a game to be at that level. And, 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 and he will. You know, trust me, at the end of the season, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets up there. So, you know, I'm, I, I don't think I'm as worried as you lot. Just to move this on a bit and, and, and go back to, to Tony. Oh, the, no, that's it. The other thing I was going to say, I mean, I just wondered, Tony, actually, if maybe he's a bit fatigued um, because he's pretty much, yeah. going back to what I was saying earlier on about having no backup, He's played pretty much every game this season. There has been no adequate backup. There has been no competition for him. I mean, and I don't, I don't just mean physically fatigued, uh, Tony. I mean mentally fatigued as well. I mean, it's it's possible that that's that might be underlying this supposed dip in form. I agree. Uh, that worries me though, Chiz, because um, if well, he is if, human. You know, well, yeah, three or four people here, uh, or, or th- three of us at least on this panel of four, have agreed that there's something not quite right. Um, and our coach can't see it. And, you know, as, as critical as we've been of Batshuayi, you know, I just think we would have probably been 
when look at I look at Palace. I go back to the the the, the thing that um, I think it was Clayton said about the opportunities that were created in the in in other games. Uh, certainly Bournemouth with Alonso putting the ballers. Hazard put the ball into that box so many times against Palace, mm. and there was nobody there. Six yard, five yards off the off, off the ball or whatever. Um, and, and and I agree. Now we've discussed we've discussed it around managers before about you know mental health, about fatigue, about you know we we all have those days when we go into work and we think we should not be here. Yeah, and you bluff your way through it, okay? Uh, and in some cases, your manager or your boss might notice it and just think, oh, you know what, we all have them days, I'm going to, you know, I'll hold me fire on this one. Um, I think on a on a football pitch in front of 30, 40, 50,000 people, there's no hiding place. Um, and footballers do remind me of kind of boxers, you know, that are, that are past their best in that no one, they don't tell themselves they're past it, okay? And no one will tell them they're past it or they're not in, on form or whatever. And I just think, you know, I would hope that Conte, with, with, with his reputation, would have the balls to say, you're dropped because at the moment you're not doing it for me. Now, he may be balancing that out with saying, look, actually, yes, he's doing this. He's creating the chances or he's pulling people away or he's making a pain in the ass of himself. And we'll have to try and get through. Uh, you know, far be it for me to say, if we drop him, OK, and he then, and, and we, we go into a slump, you know, it's just as quite hand, even-handed that, that we keep him playing and he suddenly hits a run. Well, I hope he does. This isn't an anti-Costa thing. This is, as I said, calling him out for what is, for me, poor form. And, and Clayton had it perfect. He looks like Torres. The body language and everything like that moment. Um, you're, you're, it's interesting you mentioned that, Chidge, because I know I know with your current qualifications and your current job or, or whatever you, and what you do, that that kind of mental or physical drain on people, you know, features, you know, as part of your business or whatever. Um, and it is something that football does overlook. I'm being serious. Yeah, actually, that football human. does seem to overlook that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, but then don't pick them. <laughs> well, I think I think this you goes know, back that, to that, yeah, but this goes back to what I was. I think what we would all agree on here, actually. Which is, I mean, I don't think that, that that Conte has much of a choice because he doesn't have the backup. I think for, I mean, you know, we have to respect Conte's decision about Batshuayi. He sees him training day in, day out. And he, you know, this, this look, I think Conte has far better place than any of us to decide whether Batshuayi is good enough or not. And his decision, I think, quite, you know, from what we've seen is that Batshuayi is not good enough. There is no other backup. Now, if I'm Conte, I'm thinking... I'm just going to back Costa because he's a world-class striker and he will come good. So, you know, but he doesn't really have much of a choice other than that because he doesn't have any backup. I think that's half of the problem. I'm going to move this on because we're about to run out of time. But basically, I'm going to finish this off because the other bit of the, the, the discussion that Tony and I had, uh, boys, on, on Saturday, and there is, um, there is a nice bottle of red wine in this bet, isn't there, Tony? Tony thinks that Costa yes, definitely, is, yeah. Yeah, Tony def- yeah, thinks yeah, yeah. That definitely going to go... This summer, I've got a sneaking suspicion, which I will elaborate as to why in a minute, that he will be with us next season. But, I mean, Tony, I know you think he won't be. Jonathan, what do you think? Do you think he'll still be with us next season? Um, I think he could surprise us by being with us next season. I think it depends on who they... uh, They're not going to make a decision, are they, until they discover who they're going to line up as a replacement or who the other two are. You know, I mean, there's this stuff in the uh, in the press at the moment about it being Lukaku. I'm not convinced that's the case because I think Conte is uh, has got a, a got his, his, his got his fingers in many transfer pies. I think he knows mm. particularly from Italy and I think we might, you know, the very fact that 
that he, he got uh, Alonso and we all thought, um, well, that, you know, that wasn't a great purchase. And yet then he turns out to be the player that he is. Because you have to remember that, that Conte can make, make teams play, make players play, play better within his pattern because he's tactically so good. So, um, and it might be that uh, he sticks with Costa because Costa knows how to play within this setup. Mm. But, uh, uh, I, I, you know, well, we, that would be my theory. I, I, I think I think he may very well be with us until and they won't have been making a decision until uh, until toward, you know, a little bit further into the close season. So would he be here next year or not, JK? Um, I'm saying I don't think you can you can predict it's too, too early it to say on who, who else they've got lined up too early know? to say all right fella I, I, yeah. I think that's a very sensible viewpoint actually um, Clayton what do you reckon is he going to be with us next year no definitely not <laughs> I think he's already left really mentally I think he's left yeah I do um, I think it'd be interesting because I think what JK said is right uh, I, there's a there's a couple of Italian strikers that I think he'll probably want to bring in. I think the one thing, and I think we'll probably talk about it a bit later on, is is, uh, is what he's being allowed to bring in. I think that the Lukaku stuff is all being driven um, by Emanalo, um, because I think Emanalo brought him into the club in the first place and probably fell out with Jose when Jose sold him and didn't want him to go. And I, I have to say... Um, I wouldn't be at all upset to see Lukaku back. I think people have got to forget the stupid money we're going to have to pay. Um, you just look at that guy's stats. Uh, I know that people are calling him a, a flat track bully because he. How did he do against Liverpool? Not good, yeah. apparently. How, I didn't how does see he the ever game, do? But... How does he ever do against a decent team? Well, you know, you have to see who he plays for. Has he got Eden Hazard supplying him? Has exactly. he got Pedro exactly. supplying no, him? That's also you know, has he got Cesc Fabregas putting the ball that's, through to him? Absolutely you know, true. The, the, all... This, you know, yep. better players bring out better things. And also, he's not, you know, if he came to us, he'd have Conte as his manager and just look, okay. at, our, yeah. just look at our first 11 and what he's well done. Said. I'll tell you what, actually, Clayton. The, 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 that was a, the, I think that was an adequate, more than adequate riposte to me being a silly ass. But uh, an even better one well, is not silly. no, no. An even better one is actually what Kerry says when I when I say that he says, "Yeah, how many international goals has he scored?" And to be fair, he scores a fair few of those. I think it's a very difficult semantic argument. That I think Lukaku's a very, very good player. Um, I just wonder. I mean, it, you know, it's it's an interesting argument, isn't it? It's it, it's because the thing is, just just hang on a minute, Tony. Because the thing is, so yeah. and this is the thing I, about Costa. Costa is proven, experienced. You know, he is the finished article when it comes to a world class striker. Lukaku is still. I think there's still a lot about him which is potential. So it's that 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 age old argument. Do you stick with something you you know that Costa's going to score you 20 goals in a season? He will this season. He's on 17 now. He will score over 20. You basically guarantee that every season. With Lukaku, you don't know. And I mean that's that's the decision you have to make. And I think actually all of us have said this. This is basically a decision the club are going to make unless of course Costa yeah. has already made it himself and he's going to bugger off to China. And this very nicely yeah. rounds up where I was going to finish on this and why I don't think he will go because I think that we will obviously win the title this year. 
I think that he is still incredibly motivated. You just have to see his body language and the way he celebrates at the end of the game. I mean, this is not a guy for me who is not committed to playing for Chelsea. It's not what I'm seeing on the pitch. And the other thing is, is if we win the title next year, we then are going to be playing in the Champions League. And I think that uh, I think that Conte is going to really rev the lads up for that. I think he he you know we all know that the thing that counts most for Roman Abramovich is is the Champions League. I think there's going to be a massive focus on that next year, and I think that Conte will will persuade Costa to be part of that for one almost if you like last hurrah. You know, give it a go next year. Let's try and win the Champions League, and then you can do whatever you like. Because let's be honest, guys. I know that the Brazilians are all a bit funny about, you know, trying to earn as much money as they can. And I've got no problem with that. But, you know, there is there is something in them that is about winning trophies at the top level. So I think, you know, I, I've got a sneaking suspicion he'll stay because he's going to try and win the Champions League next year. I could be wrong, in which case Tony's going to get a very nice bottle of wine, which, of course, I will then drink most of with him. But that's kind of how it works. <laughs> yes. That'll be part of the fun. Of it will it be. Anyway, be. look, we're going yeah. to move on because we, 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 we've done that one to death and probably annoyed lots of people in Mixel. In fact, one or two, certainly. But that's kind of part of the show in my book. Um, anyway, after the break, we're going to discuss people that I know for a fact that Jonathan is very keen to talk about, as am I. But we're going to talk about why Marcus Alonso and Victor Moses bring balance to the force and uh, praise Conte in making them better players. Uh, whilst also actually adopting a system to bring the best out of our best player, Eden Hazard, who again had an absolute blinder on Saturday. We'll be back with you in a sec. The only place for Chelsea fans. Footballfancast.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chels. Welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast. It's part two already. We've had a bit of a feisty part one. Uh, which is kind of how we like to roll. Now, uh, this part, as I, as I said earlier on, really, I just wanted to talk a little bit broad, more broadly about the Bournemouth game, and in particular, uh, a few people who who absolutely rightly deserve a mention. The, f- the first one of them being uh, Marcus Alonso. And, I mean, let's be honest, that, that was an absolutely stunning free kick, kick up and over the wall into the top left corner. Keeper didn't even move. Uh, and very fittingly, really, because, of course, he hit the bar the other week with a similar free kick, so he's deserved, I think he deserved that. But... You know, bottom line is, I think arguably man of the match, and I and I and I and I keep saying this. I keep seeing people slagging him off on Twitter and stuff, but I think he's massively underrated. What a buy! What a player! And Conte, Conte clearly has an eye for a player, doesn't he, Jonathan? Oh, com- completely um, uh, outstanding performer, um, and also he, I felt that he. Uh, um, he sacrificed a bit for the tactics that they were playing against Bournemouth because Bournemouth weren't weren't pressing. You had Louise distributing those wonderful, wonderfully accurate forty to fifty yard passes. So it was essential for both uh, him and Moses to get very far forwards, and um, uh, and he didn't let us down. It just meant that he had further to go when he was defending. And you, we seem to forget the amount of of, of space that they have to cover the amount of the pitch they have to cover to get back as well which they do with supreme athleticism both him and Moses I think Moses is just uh, um, the very fact that we were 
we were uh, out of kilter when he didn't play because he was injured just shows how important he is. I mean, I think Pedro did very well in the second half against City. Um, but uh, playing in the position that we said he wasn't good enough uh, at, uh, at fullback, at wingback. But um, uh, when Moses and Alonso both play, the balance is absolutely correct. Uh, and also, they're yeah. so used to, they're used to playing in that setup, aren't they, Chich? So, yeah. uh, I, you know, I, I'm, I thought I, I'm going to say that the free kick was phenomenal, phenomenal free kick. I mean, just the joy of watching that over and over again. Just absolutely brilliant, you know, pinpoint into the corner. And uh, uh, I just, uh, superb, what a superb performance. Mm. Just Jonathan, you mentioned, you mentioned the, the, the key thing, really, which is this, this idea of balance. And, and, and amazing, isn't it, that, that, that these two so-called average players that Conte's brought in and he's, you know, he's made them fit, or he's worked the system around them, really, but he's clearly made them better players, Clayton. Um, but it's amazing, isn't it? It it just makes such it it, it, it bringing Moses back on just seemed to it, it did it just gave us all, gave the whole team balance again, didn't it, Clayton? Uh, I it, it's it's sort of beyond comprehension that the fact that we are I don't know I don't know what percentage of a better team with him in it than we are without him. The whole system has is worked perfectly. These two guys have trained on. Um, what Conte has achieved. I mean, Marcus Alonso was a defender um, and it's quite watching him in games. There was a game earlier in the season, I can't remember, I think it was Southampton away. I think Tadic was giving him a bit of a hard time about five, ten minutes into the game he was running at him. And he just got a little bit of instruction and he was then on Tadic. He wasn't giving him any space and he was... and. And that was it. And I think that they are working so hard. How Conte identified Victor Moses in the first place, Lord knows. But then to train him to defend, and his defending has just got better and better. Absolutely fantastic. And I mean, OK, Bournemouth weren't as tight. I mean, I think we were quite lucky in the fact of on the back of the defeat against Palace that we then played against two teams who were basically going to allow us to play football that weren't going to smother us like a blanket like some of the other teams. So Bournemouth stayed off. But Victor Moses in that first 15 minutes just showed us what we've been missing. Solidity at the back and creating chances. That, I mean, not many people have spoken about it, but the save that Boric made, I think it actually hit him in the face. Yeah, yeah it did. Right near the end uh, where Victor Moses, that little dummy, before he hit the ball, Fantastic. No, absolutely brilliant. I mean, Conte deserves all the plaudits for, for what he's done. And one, in identifying them, and two, in the sort of training on. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what that makes me think. I'm going, I'm going to, Tony, you're, you're buzzing like a bumblebee. Are you all right, mate? Yeah, should, I should, I'm on mute. Yeah, it was buzzing, even though you're on mute, which is very odd. But anyway, uh, I'm, uh, moving swiftly on... Um, <clears throat> and kind of really conjoining what, what Clayton and and, uh, and J.K. just said there, but it being that we think that, um, you know, a lot of this is down to Conte really having a great eye for a player, but also, I think, also showing what a great coach he is. It tells me that we really have to make sure that Conte, or the club has to make sure that Conte gets the players he wants, 
this summer, don't we? Because he clearly knows, you know, he's got an eye for a player. Simple as that. Absolutely. Uh, you know, this is, this is going to sound really old-fashioned, OK? But we, since the formation of the Premiership, football at the Premiership level has, has basically bought into the fact that you can buy teams, you can buy good players. And the, the, the work that the manager does is basically, the, the, you know, the, the select the players, whatever, and if you can improve these all really great players, then so be it. You know, um, and Jose was a, a huge example of the kind of man who wants to go and spend 150 million every season or whatever, but, you know, has never really, other than the first season of us, when he brought in players I'd never heard of, Carvalho, Ferreira, and those sort of things, and brought them in and, and really allowed them to push on. And it's kind of old fashioned, but pre premiership, in the days when you weren't really absolutely sure who was going to win the title, uh, and it could be any one of, you know, a dozen teams or so. The great managers used to produce these players out of bloody nowhere that they bought from, you know, Darlington or, or whatever. Uh, and, you know, they spotted something and mm. developed it. And that's the great thing that coaches do. Now, Conti does seem to have had that because neither Alonso was... I, I, I'd, I'd only heard of him vaguely through, you know, I think when he played for Sunderland or whatever. Um, and Moses was always, always arguably always the bridesmaid, never the bride. He was going to be Mr. Lone. You know, we had him out on a piece of elastic. Off you go there, off you go there. He's brought these two players in and he's made them integral parts of the team. Absolutely integral. I mean, Alonso is just a, a revelation this season. And, and Moses, it was Alex, I think. I mean, our win ratio with Moses in the team is phenomenal. And when he's out, that's when we stumble. You know, now you could say it's all coincidence and that. Um, you know, I'm not sure about that, but I do think the best coaches are the ones that look at the players. Um, and again, we could use Ranieri picking buying Frank Lampard as an example. When you know, a lot of us were scratching our heads, going 11 million pound for him, yeah. And look what that turned out as. Mm. You know, so someone somewhere. It, it seems to me the game has kind of lost the ability to spot potential. A lot of managers have. Um, and, and I, I will mention Guardiola as another one who just seems to think it's all about checkbook size and this sort of stuff. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued and I'm encouraged by the fact that this guy has come in very quietly, turned our team around um, and brought some players in. That, you know, let's face it, last season we'd have been sitting here. If, if you'd have said on this fan cast last season, we would be sitting here lauding those two players, we'd have thought you'd have probably been on the wine too much then. Um, you know I mean? Well, I, mate, I, I entirely agree. <laughs> uh, you know, it's interesting, actually, because, you know, when you're talking about that, uh, you're right, it, in a sense, it is quite an old school thing. And I was thinking of John Neal, who, who very famously did that yes. when Chelsea were at then absolute nadir. And he brought players in like Pat Nevin, uh, David Speedy, um, Nigel Spackman, uh, and of course, Kerry Dixon, you know, and, and look what happened. And you know, there, there, there are. I think I think your Ranieri examples are quite quite interesting too. I think the antithesis of that, though, is I think you still, if you're a club like Chelsea, and remember that we are a club like Chelsea now, who are one of Europe's elite, you still have to go and spend the cash on getting some of the best players in the world. And as I said, the antithesis to that, of course, at the other end of the spectrum is Eden Hazard. Uh, and and I mean, the thing about, um, you know, we were talking about this with Costa a minute ago, weren't we? Really, uh, J.K. But you know, at this time of the season or when, when things start getting a bit squeaky bum, you need your big players to step up. And I am so, so delighted to see uh, Eden Hazard uh, not just do it against City, which we'll talk about later, I suspect, but certainly he did it yet again 
yesterday. I mean, not only did he do it by putting in an absolutely superb performance, but that 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 uh, very important, all important, if you like, second goal. Wow, was that something else? That was class, wasn't it? It was completely brilliant. Yeah, he's um, he, uh, but he he runs into such good positions as well. He's uh, and he's been given the freedom to do so because he's he it isn't as required of him as it was as Mourinho under Mourinho to to be back and defend. But he, they they still very disciplined about getting back into positions where all you know when we need to get ten ten behind the ball. Um, but no, he's uh, I also admire his ability to to persist even though he's been clattered, um, which. Uh, um, you know, once again, at least one of the advantages of the City game was at least he wasn't as cl- wasn't clattered as much because City are a, are a, a, a much better set of players, so don't need to actually say, oh, all right, we're gonna we're gonna wind, we're not gonna wind, we're gonna make sure that uh, Hazard is serially fouled. Um, and so, uh, um, uh, what's the name of the ref? Mariner. Mariner wasn't in as, as much in a position of having to to find out who was fouling him and, uh, and and then give him a yellow card. Though I still think that... What about that terrible... So to digress slightly, but the very beginning of the game where Moses was pushed in the back and constantly fell o- and, and consequently fell over onto the ball and was booked for having been fouled. And I, I just completely despaired of the fact, well, then poor old Moses has got practically 90 minutes with a yellow card against him and can't set a foot wrong as a defender. Well, I, I, I've, got, I've got a word for it, JK. I've got a word for it, which I think you of all people with your literary past will uh, appreciate. I call it now the crime of the Andre Mariner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. That's very good. I thought anyway, you... getting, but getting back to what you were saying, um, uh, Hazard, wonderful, uh, completely wonderful. And... Um, um, gets better and better, and it, uh, and it, uh, you know for a fact now that if he does disappear a bit, it's because he's been whacked. You know, I think uh, against City, but he took him off a bit early, didn't he? Against City, but I mean, he does that anyway towards the end of games now when we're defending. But uh, um, you, you can tell that if he he doesn't run out of steam as much, he's got fitter and fitter. Actually, he just gets injured because he is consistently yeah. kicked, and uh, the referees not just don't get it you know you think come on mate watch it he's been kicked he's he's not shamming he's 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 not fallen over he's been fouled it happens so often i think and, i think uh, he's actually i think he's actually getting a lot braver i think and i think this is another interesting uh thing that's been going on between this season and last season and i i think it just show, shows that he's a lot happier i i think he did hide a bit last year and i think if you did kick him in the first minute it it disappear and I think he but is. Had nothing, had nothing to play for. Yeah, I think he's riding it out a bit. And I just wonder again the influence of Conte here, who was of course a, a very good player in his own right, played at the highest level of the game. And I wonder if he's got in his ear and said, "Look, mate, you know this is how it is. You're going to get kicked. You're going to have to wear a few. You know you can't be you can't be disappearing." And and I think he's perhaps done it in a more conciliatory, understanding tone rather than Mourinho, who probably just blanked him, said, "You're a pussy, and I'm not having that." You know, so who yeah. knows? I mean, Clayton, Clayton, just to move this on a second. I mean, you know, uh, talking of Conte and Hazard, and 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 in, in, in a sense, very much like we we were a minute ago with the whole Alonso and uh, and and Moses issue. But again, I think Conte has to take a huge amount of credit for actually. I I, I kind of the, the more the season goes on, the more I look at this and I start thinking. You know what? I think he's basically said Hazard is by far my best player. He's arguably one of the best players, if not the best player in the league. I have to concoct a system to get the best out of him. And I think that he has. 
I think that's exactly what he's done here. Would you agree with that, Clay? Yeah, I, I would. Um, I think he's he's put him up there, and I think Hazard is probably in the best place he's been in his career, mentally. Um, he's always had the skill. He's always had the talent to do what he's doing. Um, I mean, I'm about to, to do my broken record thing. Um, and, and, you know, last year he was getting dogs abuse uh, because he was hiding and limping out of games. And that's because he was injured. You know, I think that the, the Conte has the luck of having a fully fit Hazard, which I'm not sure that Mourinho had. Um, but, you know, he is now one of the best. He's got to be one of the top five players in the world at the moment. Um, it must be absolutely frightening when he's running at you. I mean, the way he took that goal was just sensational. The way he's playing at the moment is sensational. Um, and I think he's being helped because I think Pedro's a great foil on the other side. Um, I think that's freeing him up and giving him a bit of space as well. But yeah, no, I mean, Conte is just... The, the superlatives for that guy are, you know, there aren't enough, to be perfectly honest. Um, and he has noticeably improved every single one of those players by 10-15%. Um, and I include Costa because Costa at the beginning of the season was doing things that he wasn't doing the year before. He was making the runs, he was looking sharper and he was scoring a lot of goals. I think, you know, the one thing that we didn't mention about Costa, which we've said before, is Costa is a streak player. He goes streaks of games without scoring and he goes streaks of games with scoring. Hmm. Interesting stuff. I'm going to move this on. Um, not not least because Tony's buzzing like a like a he's, he's buzzing like a an 18 year old at a rave, mate. Is that is that better now? Does, does it buzz when I'm off mute? Then yeah, no, no. Oh, it buzzes oh, when you're no. on. It buzzes when you're on mute. You were buzzing all the way oh, through. Okay. Yeah. It's like it's like there's an old boy sitting in the corner farting his yes. life away. Thank you, Clayton. Uh, you took the words out of my right, mouth. Right, and uh, anyway, then anyway. maybe I haven't been on mute. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Something has certainly not been on mute. Tony, I'm going to move this on, and, and I hate to land you yes. with, 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 a, with a, a, a second bit of negativity to add to the cost a bit, if you see what I mean. But I think, yeah. I think it can't go unnoticed. And I, I saw this stat from Opta uh, just after the game. Chelsea have conceded in nine successive Premier League games within a single season for the first time since 2011-12 under Andre Vyash Boas which are words to strike fear into any Chelsea supporter, Andre Vierge-Boas. Um, so, you know, I mean, the thing, I think the thing is, you see, when we're winning, stats like that are irrelevant, aren't they? Because we're winning, so it doesn't matter. But is there something there to give us a bit of cause for concern or, or what? Mm, they are irrelevant. They're like refereeing decisions. If you're 3-0 up, yeah. um, then refereeing decisions go against you. gives a toss. Um, it's a hard one, isn't it? Because the defence has been lauded. Um, you know, uh, across the world of football and the press and the media. Louise, who I thought against City last week, was an absolute boss. And I still think one of the funniest videos I've seen is the one that implies that he sent Aguero out for a burger because he basically just pushed him off the pitch. And the headline underneath it was, and don't forget me mustard. Hmm. You know, it was that kind of thing. Um, fantastic. Um and, and, and But I would say that a lot of our goals that we conceded recently have been self-inflicted. What do they call them in tennis? Unforced errors, is yeah, it, I think? Yeah. Um, and that they've been that. So they've been lapses, unusual lapses. I'm surprised Conte 
Well, I'm not surprised. I, I, I'm sure he's bollocking them absolutely all the time about it and saying you've got to concentrate 100% of the time. Um, but they are. Uh, uh, you know, the, the one against Bournemouth was... Um, uh, in, uh, unfortunate, it was a deflection. I'm not sure that any goalkeeper would have got to it. Do you allow the, you know, you could say, where was Marcus Alonso? And he wasn't in the left back position at that time. I don't know. The one against City <coughs> was a massive, massive ricket on the part of Thibaut Courtois, who actually has probably saved us about, what, I don't know, six, seven points in the last five or six games with some of his saves. I mean, his save against um, Louise. Uh, unintentional as Louise's um, attempt <laughs> goal was, was bloody world class. If, if that had been another uh, striker doing that, we'd have all been saying that's what we pay our goalkeeper to do. Fantastic. But it is unforced error. It is a worry. And it is these, we've had the points in the game. We all remember the Arsenal game. We were, you know, coasting away and then suddenly we fall asleep. Um, and I think it's something he needs to get out of the team. I'm not sure whether you can say it's one individual player or whether it's just a result of the the kind of a three at the back thing, that when you're comfortable, your wing backs suddenly stay as wing rather for getting the backs a little bit, and a team can find it a bit easier to, you know, find that or exploit that weakness. Mm. You know, you you said it yourself though. You look at that game against City, that second half display. Whoa, whoa, whoa. City. Keep your powder dry oh, on that. But yeah, I know what you well, mean. Well, yeah. You know, I tell you yeah. what did so worry I just, me. I mean, that, that, is it a lapse? You know, we, we, we've, we've gone through periods like this before. And if you're outscoring the other team, it doesn't matter. But it is a slight concern. Yeah, I mean, are you worried, JK? Um, I think as long as we keep scoring more goals oh, yeah. than they do. No, no, no I'm not. But, but um, it, it does, give me the, uh, does give me the creeps. You know, I was convinced that... Um, are we allowed to talk about City yet? The no, City we're gonna we're yet. gonna do that uh, next part. So, and there's a lot to to talk about on that on that respect. Well, no, I'll, I'll just say that I, I it, it makes me uh, very nervous. That's my worry. Yeah, I know what you mean. I just feel that there will be an error um, at some stage in the game that will put pressure on us, as there was against Bournemouth. Because uh, I, I I was thinking, oh my God, all we need is a stupid Mariner decision or another uh, a hefty punt into the box and a deflection. But I, you know, I, that is constantly down to my um, my uh, terrible pessimism, having seen us lose games in the well, past. You know um, what? You know, I, I, yeah, I, I, I shouldn't really apply. I think I that's a good point, mate. Them. Isn't it? I think I think we get to a stage, and I think if you are a certain age in terms of being a Chelsea supporter, then you tend to look look. For, for things to go wrong and negative things where perhaps there are none and I think I think maybe you've got you've got a point there I'm going to move this on because we've only got a few minutes in this part left I, just, I, I really want to cover this but I'm going to, going to hit you with this first Clayton um, I mean of course you know if you weren't lucky enough to be at Bournemouth of, of course it's such a low allocation it's really hard to get a ticket but uh, all the media were absolutely you know wetting themselves stupid after Spurs thumped uh, the mighty Watford 4-0 um, but the, well, you know whether we laugh at that or not, Clayton. The reality is, is that you know they had reduced the gap to four points. That is applying a bit of pressure. Um, uh, and 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 you know, I, I, you you would you would not be human if you didn't feel a bit of heat going into that game. So I thought that they actually stood up to that pressure uh, really, really, really well. And I thought it was you know it was a decent performance. You know they looked absolutely in control for most of that game. Bournemouth were a decent outfit. But the bottom line is, it's difficult, isn't it, standing up to that pressure? And and I think the other thing that kind of I'm going to conjoin onto that is that Spurs do not look like they're going away, Clayton. 
I think that um, I'd like to complain, first of all, because I, I don't think BT Sport mentioned the four-point gap enough times. In <laughs> Absolute mm. wank. I mean, it just drove me potty. I mean, that whole BT thing drives me potty anyway, but that's another story. Yeah, no, it's massive pressure. Um, and that is why I think the whole thing, the whole Spurs thing, is quite interesting about them not going away. I'll tell you something, when they have to win a game and they're two points behind us or one point behind us, then let's see how they do. They've had no pressure yeah. on them at all. They've good basically, point. they've gone ahead. I'm not saying they're not a good team. They're a very, very good team. They played a lot of crap teams recently, but they won away at Burnley, which, you know, we didn't and lots of others didn't. So I think it's, you know, that they're playing really well. But the pressure has been on us. Pressure is always on the team that's leading. Um mm. And there's no, you know, there's no chance for us to, to sort of relax at any time. I mean, the, the same thing's happening next weekend. They've got Bournemouth at home. They'll beat Bournemouth at home quite comfortably, I would think. And then we've got to go to the theatre of moaning. And, you know, that's, that's going to be really difficult because Jose's not going to want to lose three on the bounce to us. Um so, yeah, it is difficult. And I, I think that the players have been magnificent. I mean, that that's why losing that goal against Bournemouth, I mean, all of us, oh, my God, that 20 minutes between or 25 minutes between them scoring and us scoring the third was, was awful. Mm. Absolutely awful. Um, but, yeah, no, very, very well done, Chelsea. Yeah. Very well done. Moving it on a tad, brilliant, Clayton. Uh, I can understand why you're in such demand for podcasts all <laughs> over the world. Um Enough, enough. Uh-huh. Anyway, uh, listen, Tony, uh, you know, it, it really is hotting up whether we like it or not. I, I don't think Spurs are going to go away. I think they've got a relatively easy run in and they're playing really, really well. And I think actually Clayton's spot on. They are not playing under half the pressure that we are. But this all makes the FA Cup semi-final in a, in a couple of weeks' time massive psychologically, doesn't it? Uh, it, it would have done anyway, wouldn't it? it wouldn't it would, matter yeah, if, yeah. if 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 we would if we were tenth like we were last season and and whatever. I, I think it it it's always going to be a game with an edge to it uh, and local bragging rights, if if, if nothing else. And um, I, I, it won't have any bearing, of course, on the on the season. I don't think because we're playing separate teams and um, both teams. Uh, and this is credit to Spurs as well, appear to be concentrating on the game they're playing there and then. You know, Pochettino's made no noises about catching Chelsea, not of any real note. Um, the, the players aren't going, you know, uh, it's the fans. The fans are saying we're, we're coming after you. Of course they are. They, they'd be, they wouldn't be fans if they weren't saying something like that. I wonder if, um, I wonder if the Tottenham fans have understood the irony in chanting Chelsea rent boys, we're coming for you yet at all. <laughs> Uh, no, of course they haven't. Absolutely not. Um, I, I'm I'm intrigued by Tottenham this season because they haven't. You know, we 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 all had a feeling that Arsenal would Arsenal things up, and they did, and 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 are still doing so. Um, but Spurs, you know, Pochettino. I think Dan Silver. Um, you know, the, the the lovely Dan Silver has said on here that um, last season that he would have been quite happy for Pochettino to come to Chelsea. Um, you know, when we were when we ejected Mourinho, he's um, he's, yeah, he's a very bright manager, and you know they're getting some backing. It seems to be almost Southampton-like. They're not spending massive amounts, but they're building slowly, surely, whatever. Um, 
But, you know, generally, I think we still have that edge. And, you know, we are seven points in front, yeah. six games left or whatever it is. It really is, or seven games left. Um, it, it, it's three games that we've got to lose in that amount of time. And, you know, there may be a defeat on the way. But you said about their easy running. They, they've still got United. Um, and I believe they've still got Arsenal as well. Now, where Arsenal are doesn't really matter. Arsenal will want to win that game. For You know, that is the derby. It'll be like a trophy um, for them, so mate. It would be like a trophy for them. And looking at their season this year, I think they'd probably settle for that, especially Arsenal fans TV and their little crowd. Um, but, you know, Spurs... It wouldn't matter, would it? If the best team I've seen this season, and I wasn't even there for this game up until last last week, had been Stoke of all teams who came and just would not lie down against us. But Manchester City, I think, were hugely impressive at times. Um, they will be a massive threat next season. If they were the ones that were seven points behind us, I'd be more worried than I am with really? Spurs. That's a big call. I mean, just to kind of wrap this up, I mean, actually, my own view uh, on, on the Cup semi-final is I think it is massive psychologically, but actually what I think we should do is send out, uh, you know, who's who's the player in the squad that we least need, send him on, uh, uh, you know, start, start him in the side, get him to, to do a job on Ali, you know what I mean. Uh, and then when he gets sent off, that's okay because we got rid of Ali for the league games. That's what I mean. The yeah. league games. Uh, yeah, but yeah. look, we've, we've got you know Tony. Tony was saying, J.K. and, and Clayton. You know, we've, we've got seven games left. We're seven points clear. We need to you know lose three out of four games to let this slip. And I and I and you know, in all good conscience, I can't see that happening. Uh, no matter how well, we good... could start drawing a lot, though, couldn't we? Chief? Well, that's we a very yes. Drawing. It's a good point. Well, we... that could just hang on a second, J.K. I was going to say because I mean, basically, we need those five wins. We need fifteen points out of those seven games. But the thing is, four of them are at home. We have got Sutton <laughs> at home, Southampton at home, Borough at home, Watford at home, Sunderland at home. So actually, our home games are all eminently winnable, let alone drawable. Winnable. The away games, I think, are quite tough actually. So you know, I could see a draw at United. <laughs> Uh, Everton tend to do a number on us and West Brom have been known to. So it's interesting, isn't it, JK? I mean, I, I still don't think it's going to be as you know as easy as people are assuming. Well, just to, to, to reiterate what Clayton said, I think that Spurs will fall apart the nearer they get to it. Were, oh, yeah. were we to start... Some Totteringham's uh, day. Because they've actually... And also, I, I think the Arsenal game isn't going to be easy for them. And I also don't think the Palace and Leicester games are going to be easy for them the nearer they get, because they're, they're not mugs. As I've said last week, Allardyce isn't a mug, um, and, they, and they need the points because um, they don't want to get dragged down. Uh, and the Le- Leicester, although, although they were beaten by Everton yesterday, are, are a completely different proposition. So uh, I don't think it's, uh, it's, it's simple. I think particularly, as I've said, um, uh, the nearer we get to the, the end of the season. But if, if by any, any chance we did then lose the, lose the, uh, the, the semi-final... Um, I think that Conte would would make sure that we didn't that we 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 carried on winning. And I think I think if if we if we win it, I think it would make it make the season even better, and they'd fall apart even sooner. I don't think they'd become come dogged about it. Can I? Can I? I yes. Yeah, so you want to? Uh, you want to pop in? Yeah. I just wanted to make one point. You know, we're talking about games that are of importance or whatever, but we're playing Manchester United, sandwiched in between their yeah. Europa League quarterfinals, and he has made it very plain that is their target. So. Is he going to be putting out his best team against us? But then again, they play Tottenham later on down the trot. I'm not sure when the Tottenham game is, but you know, will that impact? Are you sure they do? I'm not sure they do. Play. They play. They play this Thursday, don't they? 
Um, whether they play, whether they play Tottenham, I thought they only had the big game was Arsenal. I thought that was no. Arsenal. They are they are playing they are playing yeah. Man United. Oh, they are as well. They've got two yeah, huge yeah. games, and these are great. You know, the thing is, what we may discover is that all they do is draw, don't they? In Old Trafford, is that we may draw. In which case, they have to remember the father. Everybody's saying, ah, oh, they're only five points behind. Is the likelihood as they will draw there as well because that's what keeps happening. He's very good, Mourinho. Remember. Uh, at making, at, at doing the, 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 you know, the underhand things. That he can, he can stop, play, stop teams from, from playing against him. He's, uh, he's, a, he's a clever manager. Yeah. Even though he's become miserable, he's still very clever. He is indeed. And Ibrahim, Ibrahimovic scored a cracker against Sunderland, and he's very likely to score against you regardless. So, mm. you know, mm. I, I'm, I'm not convinced we'll come away with a win. Oh well, uh, on, well, on, well uh, all will be revealed in a couple. Well, it's, it's. Uh... It's the next match, isn't it? So uh, we'll be revealed next weekend, which I'm thoroughly looking forward to, as always. Uh, right, now, just a very quick plug, as always, for the Kerry Dixon show, uh, which uh, Clayton uh, was uh, applauding earlier on. Now, I record it every every Thursday with Kerry, uh, and it's usually available in the afternoon sometimes, so make sure you download it via Acast, iTunes and SoundCloud. Uh this week, of course, we'll be talking about the, the Bournemouth game and we'll be looking ahead to that very game against United next Sunday. I'm looking forward to the Kerry show already. Now, after the break, uh, we're going to look back at the win against City, which we've been mentioning quite liberally in this part. And also, of course, applaud Conte again for his tactical switch, which led to a defensive masterclass and a crucial and possibly title-deciding win against a very threatening and impressive City side. We'll be back in a sec. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. (laughs) It's all too much. (laughs) I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Ah, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Ginge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. 
Welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge. You are listening to the Chelsea Fancast. And I've got the lovely Clayton Beerman with me. Hello. I've got the uh, the delightful Tony Glover with me. Good evening. And I've got the effervescent Jonathan Kidd with me. Oh, how nice to be described as bubbly, Chidge. You're like an Alka-Seltzer, mate. Oh, I'm good for other people's hangovers. You are, actually. You're soothing. You're very soothing. Uh, anyway, I've been enjoyed the show tonight. I've been lots to talk about, as, as we always do. But um, this uh, is the first time for a long time, weirdly, uh, that we've actually had a second game to talk about, i.e. that we actually played a game in midweek. Uh, Fancast will be uh, back to normal service next year. So there'll be no room for your emails. <laughs> I'm only joking. We'll, we'll still include your emails. Um, but I think we, we really do need to talk about it because it was a mahusive match and, and deserves talking about. Um, first of all, Clayton, I, I, you know, it was, I thought it was a great end-to-end first half, really. I mean, the irony and the, the hilarity of it really was that uh, all the goals were scored from errors, really. I mean, you know, Hazards was deflected. Courtois made a bit of a balls up for theirs. And then Hazard tried to imitate Pat Nevin with his penalty. And l- luckily, he managed to... You know, score it off uh, uh-huh. off the rebound from the keeper. Um, but I think the, the thing that the thing that really concerned me most was the fact that um, whilst we were two one up, you know, City were running through our midfield like a knife through butter, and they put the bloody shit up me. They really did. They looked they looked a very good side attacking. Equally, they looked abysmal in at the back, but they did look worrying, didn't they, Clay? Yeah, no, they they they're a great side um, going forward. Um, they were they were doing to us what we like to do to other teams. Um, I think it was obvious to all of us at half time that, that Matic had to come on because Silver was just running the show and running through us. But the bottom line was that was forty five minutes of fantastic football, really skillful football. Um, they were pressing us really hard. Uh, we were fighting back. I mean, to go in two one up was was a tremendous effort. Um, and it was really good stuff to watch. Um, I, I thought, you, uh, you know, you, you sort of, you sit there and you listen to people moaning and you just, we've said this before, you know, there's another team out there and it just so happens that other team has got two, of, you know, at least two of the best players in the world playing for them because Silva and Aguero are outstanding players, whether you like them or hate them, they're, they're fabulous footballers. And I don't understand why people can't appreciate, you know, when, when you're playing against great teams or great players, just as watch them and marvel about them. It, it is all about Chelsea, but it's also about watching what other people are doing. Um, I thought De Bruyne played well, um, but it was quite interesting because I thought De Bruyne played really well, looked great, but didn't hurt us at all. So, no, it was... Uh, it was a brilliant 45 minutes, absolutely superb. Um, the second 45 minutes were was good, but on a different level. But well, you're going to come on. We to will that. indeed. Well, we will indeed. In fact, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, I'll do it now, unless unless Tony wants to add anything to uh, to you know to that 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 whole point really about City being a decent side, but also they were quite frightening in that first half. They were, yeah, they were going I, through us like a dose of salt. I, I mate. think. Well, I, I I just think that if they buy sensibly. And, and, you know, Guardiola is still there, which he will be, of course, um, that they they look like being the biggest threat. They seem to be light years in front of um, anybody else, irrespective of how this season's gone for them. And, you know, he's he, yes, he's brought one or two players in, but he's probably not got his full squad in like 
Conti. You know, you know, we're, we're going to have a big war chest, um, and and so will they. And I just think that had I been there last week, and you know, sadly I couldn't be there, watching it on the telly was nightmarish. It's as nightmarish as being there when you're mm. watching um, this fantastic. But when I take Clayton's point, actually. You know, that's what you want to see. You, you, these, this idea that you're going to go in and thump everybody, you know, two, three, four nil or whatever, is ridiculous. Sometimes you really have to, you know, show a different side to the game. Um, but they did look good. And I was, you know, it, when they get this Gabriel, is it Gabriel Jesus back or whatever? Yeah. You know, he looked phenomenal. Um, you know, but we've got Eden Hazard and we've got our own side of it. And I just think that second half was almost, you could have almost... You and I in the pub chidge with Clayton and JK, we could have probably predicted that we would be sat back letting them run at us because they had to come and do the work. You know, it was a game that had we lost, wouldn't have been the end of the season. Yeah. It meant a lot more to them to come and do that. And I think, you know, when you think we stood in that Tommy Tucker last year, having them thumped us 3-0 at Stamford Bridge, which flattered us. And we all said that in that yes. pub that night. OK, uh, we, we did well, we did did we well to get nil. We did well to get nil. Um, so I think, you know, City very impressive. And it just it's, it tees it up brilliantly for next season. It really does. Mm. I mean, but let's get, get this one out of the way. First. Yeah, let's get this one out of the way first. Absolutely. But I, I agree with that. Although one thing I would say, JK, is I, I, I'm not buying. I mean, I, I, you know, I did notice actually even on social media that a lot of Chelsea fans are all quite... Uh, pleasant about Pep but I mean I've never bought into this I've always thought he was a bit of a fraud I'll be honest with you and I think really why I say that is is largely based on my own blue blue tinted bias and the fact he's never beaten Chelsea uh, you know ever 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 Uh, but also because he he doesn't give a shit about defending and and I'm sorry you know it's for me it's not all about uh, glamour flair players you know doing Rabonas and nutmegging people and being all pretty defending is as much of the part of the game and and i think that 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 pep abuses football by not you know not making his bloody players learn how to defend jk much as i appreciate it when his teams play us but do you think he sees any good at uh, organizing defenses cuz clearly not he didn't really seem <laughs> He didn't seem to really care to he, no. he was with, with Barcelona because all they did was just go up the other end and score. Or, all or to quote, so quote a song, you're just a Spanish Kevin Keegan, Spanish Kevin Keegan, <laughs> you're just a Spanish Kevin Keegan. Or I, I prefer He's... the other one, you know, we've got Fraudiola, we've got Fraudiola. Anyway, enough of me chuntering on about silliness, Jonathan. I, I don't but, think he um, does care that... about defending, I really don't. No, but I think it's to his detriment. Cause yeah, I mean, he, having absolutely. said that, though, I thought I thought they were a better side with uh, with company playing for them. who's a class act. Um, uh, even though he looks injured, he looks on his last legs. I mean, if they do get, he's he's such a weird bloke, Guardiola. This whole business with Hart. Um, you know, Hart is clearly a much better goalkeeper than either Caballero. Mate, or, mate, uh, Tony Hart's uh, a better um, goalkeeper than Caballero. <laughs> and, and 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 what's his face? Who's the other one? Um, uh, who played the other day? Bravo, um, Bra- Bravo, Bravo! Yeah, yeah, Bravo! Uh, the, the, even the, I mean, even the, uh, the even the, the penalty that, um, that I mean, even if though Hazard's penalty was almost as bad as Nevin's, he still managed to to place it straight back at at, uh, at Hazard's feet, which I thought was a was a, was a feat in itself because I thought, hang on, yeah. it's such a bad penalty. Surely you could have knocked it wide or knocked it round the post, but no, I think he dived there too soon. So obviously hit him in the midriff. 
Um, but uh, no, I, I think they're a, I, I think they're a great side. I think, but but as you say, uh, if if he can't replicate the kind of players that he had at Barcelona, he's he's never going to win. They'll always be very good coming forwards, but they'll always be be utterly vulnerable. And I, I, I don't, he's not going to get the same team as Barcelona playing for them. And if he, I mean, it's a question of whether he decides also. Well, the point I was going to make about the goalkeepers was he's got rid of Hart through almost if some almost like stamping his personality on the side, hasn't he? He said, uh, you know, well, well, I've got to have a goalkeeper who's better at um, uh, who's better at, at, at distributing the ball than Hart. Well, how about a goalkeeper actually? saves the ball or doesn't make stupid errors like here, the other two here bloody and, um, here jk here bloody here I think he's done that, but i think he's he's done that he's done that uh, he's doing the same with um he'll do the same with aguero because i reckon he'll get rid of aguero and i think we should see if we could buy him because oh, I, I, yeah I it's a superb striker mate Very proper striker when he played when he played um for um atletico against us in the champions league um I can't remember who it was. It was JT. JT had him in, in his pocket. And there was a theory at the time we were about to buy him for next se- for the following season. And we didn't. And I think we were influenced by the fact that JT um, was all over him. But yeah. it, was, it, was, it was clearly a one-off for him because he's a no. phenomenal striker. Well, I think, I think, I think Louise, I think Louise as Clayton him. was saying, I think Louise did a number on him as well, JK, actually, in that game. I yeah, mean, so it is he possible. Didn't, he didn't, you know, he didn't look... You know, I don't no, think at right, any time... Right. You know, for all of their kind of fancy damn play and everything, and the fact that the, the way they went through us was frightening... You know, I mean, we we really should talk about the second half because I think that was just superb yeah. by us. But they had, what, they had uh, a header and then Stones fluffed his lines. But none of the attackers had a clear shot on goal, did they, Clayton? No, that's very true. That's very true. Yeah. I was going to no. say... I'm oh, sorry, go Clayton. Sorry, sorry. No, no, come on. No, I, I was going to say, they... can I just say that the second half for me, watching it, was I couldn't believe it. And I actually, I actually wrote on... Um, uh, on Facebook, I was like, like swimming in treacle with my hair on fire. I just kept, <laughs> I kept, I kept hiding behind the, behind the wall. Is that why? Is that why they? Is that why, they, is that why they give you cushions in the East Middle, mate? <laughs> they gave you a cushion, Chidge, just in case, and I could then stick it in your mouth when you started. Well, swearing. I mean, the great sadness, the great sadness about <laughs> this is that, because I had to because of, I had to bloody I work. Wall, I hid. I was like a I was like a like a, a nine year old hiding. Before as I said before, watching watching the Cybermen on Doctor Who. Well, I mean, I just, the, I, yeah, I but you know, constantly... if I hadn't had to bloody work that night, I, I could have been sat there with you and giving you a cuddle and yeah. holding your hand and saying, Jonathan, it'll be you okay, it'll be me. okay. You'd have had to. You'd have had to cuddle me because no, the, no. the bloke I was with, we both kept hiding under the seat. It was... Uh, I, I mean, Jonathan, it. Jonathan... And yet, it, it still, it was brilliantly done. It was brilliant defending, but for God's sake... I Jonathan, mean, you know what? I, the ball I, away. You oh, know what? I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. It, it, in, in, it, and this is the weird irony of it. On the one hand, it was just frightening to watch. And, and I, I shat a bloody house and a concrete mixer, let alone a brick, <laughs> watching that. But on the other hand, Clayton... And I think it's easier to say this, you know, in in the cold light of day once the match is finished and we've won the three points. But I've got to be honest, I, I have to say that that was one of the best tactical and defensive masterclasses that I have seen. The fact that, that Conte realised what was going on. Zuma was whipped off. Matic came on. Aspie was put into the back three. And it was really done to, to bolster the midfield and, and to you know, really stop them from, from sliding through us so easily. When we closed the midfield gap, sat deeper... 
it, it, I mean, as I said, it's easy to say this now. It wasn't so easy to say at the time, but it was a real masterclass, wasn't it, mate? Yeah, I mean, the, the team responded brilliantly. Um, I think one of the key things with the substitution that was made, because as I said earlier, I think all of us knew that Matic had to come on. Um, I thought Fabregas was going to go off, um, but no, um, Conte did something different. And I think one of the main beneficiaries of what he did was the fact that he um, that Cesar went back into the middle because Cesar, when he was playing at right back, was actually spent most of the first half going back into the middle. Um, you know, that, that guy is just brilliant. I know we've got lots of players of the year, but he is just phenomenal. And the phenomenal. amount of ground he covers, because we talk about the wing-backs, but the amount of covering he does to help those wing-backs out on both sides is is brilliant. Um, but yeah, I, I, the only issue I've got, um, I just before I forget, I think Pep's arrogant. I think that's why he does what he does with the goalkeepers. And I think that's why he thinks, I've, I'm so clever. I can score more goals than you. I don't need to worry about the defence. All the best managers, the best, best managers, Clough, Ferguson, Mourinho, all made sure they had a great goalkeeper Build and a great defence. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but, but the one thing that, that I had an issue with on Wednesday night, and yeah, you know, it is now. We, we sort of stand here with our pipe on and going, oh, fantastic <laughs> masterclass and blah, blah, blah. But it it's was, a masterclass. Though, it, was, it, it was. It, it was. It was a masterclass, but only because John Stones missed an open goal. Um, the one thing that I had an issue with is that Manchester City do not have a defence. And I think we had two shots in the second half. And I just wonder, I mean, obviously we won the game, so it's not an issue. But I just wonder whether 10, 15 minutes at the beginning of the second half trying to get that third goal. I mean, we created one amazing opportunity. But, but we might, yeah, but you, you say that. Over. You say that. We might I have, did. We might, you did indeed. But you, we, you, you did say that. <laughs> But they may have also but left if, some gap. I know it's all ifs, buts, and maybe. No, but, I, no I, know, I do. I do understand that. I do understand that. But it does. It does. You know, beg the question with their vulnerability at the back. Oh, but I, I, yeah, but no, hang on a minute. Mate. Hang on a minute, because I, I think I think there's more to it than that. Because I think that being an Italian and being a very astute uh, manager tactically. He thought we're two one up. You, somebody earlier on said this that you know this was not a game that we necessarily had to win. It was not do or die having to win this. We could have drawn that. They had to win it. Yeah, City, hang yeah. on. City had to come and win that. He thought I'm two one up. We're taking a bit of a pasting here. You know they're coming through us. I'm going to solidify this up. I'm going to defend deeper. I'm going to make the team utterly disciplined and carry out my orders to the T. And I'm going to try and hit them on the counter. And I, I, I and I do think we, I think we have more chances than the two that you're alluding to. Actually, perhaps not clear cut, but I I don't think we just we didn't do a, a Chelsea versus Barcelona in the New Camp 2012. I think we were smarter than that. I really do. No, 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 okay. no, no. no. I love it when you no, do that, Clayton. Can you do that for me again? No. 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 Anyway, t- uh, Tony, I mean, look, I'll tell you what, you know, wh- whatever the slight disagreement between me and Clayton on, on, on you know, whether we counterattacked or not, the bottom line is I think that, that it was an absolutely superb all-round team performance. And what pleased me most, not just the discipline that they showed in that second half, but everybody stepped up and did their bit. And, you know, I, for one, cannot ask more of my team than that. I couldn't agree more. I think 
that the, the fact that we were without Moses, which is this whole win ratio thing. Pedro, who's been another revelation to me, you know, I've, I've made it plain on here before that last season I thought he was the second worst player I'd seen after Quadrado, and he's been phenomenal this season. So slip into that wing back role. I mean, we had, I think, as Clayton said, two chances, I think, in the second half, and one of them has had spooned over the bar, which he should have buried, really, a player of his talent, really, and that would have killed them. Yeah. Um, but you're right, this whole thing where we, every everybody, absolutely everybody stepped up, and it's it's almost like, a, 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 it's almost clockwork. If you watched it again, and I did, because <laughs> uh, I always watch the game again um, without the tension of actually watching it live, if you get my drift, um, and it, it is like clockwork. Clayton, it, you know, uh, where Tony, there's... Tony, I think what you're saying is you watch it without the need for a nappy. Yes, I do. <laughs> Basically, yes. Um, and, and you can watch when players uh, are covering each other's positions. And I think uh, I think it was Shearer. Uh, he said it several times. Every player in this Chelsea side knows what their yep. job is and what everybody else's job is. So that if one is pulled away from you know their normal position, someone else goes and slots in there even if it's not their primary position. And it is, it, it's a joy to watch. Now, you know, whether you can keep that all the time, of course you can't. There's always going to be lapses as we go back to this whole thing about football as being, you know, human or whatever. But when it's at its best, um, and I agreed with what you said, this wasn't a Barcelona sit back, 10 men behind the ball or whatever it is, hope to catch them on the breaks, absorb it. The Mourinho... Uh, Inter Milan versus Barcelona. We'll remember that one, you know, where they could have been playing for another two hours and Barcelona wouldn't have got near it. Um, this was actually us. Um, it, can I? Okay, this is going to sound ridiculous, but at points in that second half, every one of our players looked like Claude Makélélé. Every one <laughs> of them was breaking the game up. Every one of them was spoiling, tackling. How many times have we sat there and watched our team sit off other teams? Conti's teams, we're not sitting off them. Mm. We're in there. We, you know, we, I used to complain like mad that one of our players would get the ball, there'd be three of the opposition on them. But we're doing that now. We're surrounding them. We're breaking things up. And it's fantastic to watch it. And it, it, it adds to it. It's, it's another aspect of the game. You know, that if it was all ticky-tack a bloody basketball game, you'd lose interest. These are all fabulous aspects of the game. And I think at the moment, we're the best in the division at it. Well, I tell We're you what, you know, that, that links in very nice to what I was going to say, say now, really, Tony, which is, I think one thing that I've noticed, Jonathan, um, and, and not only do I think we're, that's why we're the best team in the league, I, I also think that this is why uh, Conte is the best manager, because we're the only team that has this kind of flexibility. We can play, play you know, attacking football with flair, we can break teams down. We can hit them on the counter-attack if we want to, and we can defend deep with discipline. No other team can do that. No other team has those range of options, I think, about their play that we do. And, you know, what occurred to me, Jonathan, is that actually, it, it, I, I wonder I wonder if this will bear out, but I think actually that really does bode well for us in Europe next year because I think the one arena where you need that tactical flexibility to be able to play in different ways, depending on the situation is Europe. I mean, if you think about it, you know, when you go, when you're away from home, you know, uh, you, you try not to lose, but you try and get a few goals at home. You, you know, you know, it, you have to have a variety tactically and a lot of discipline to do that. And I just thought watching that, I thought, you know what, this guy could do really well for us in Europe next year. What, what do you think, mate? 
Well, having seen uh, um, many of the European ties, specifically watched it, I, I keep thinking that if we were playing there now, I think we'd we'd be doing well. Yeah. Um, we'd we'd be, be we'd get to the semi-finals with this team, wow. uh, but we have been blessed with the, with the the fact that uh, we haven't had any injuries. The only one to Moses putting the whole thing a little bit out of uh, um, out of whack. Um, but uh, I'm 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 uh, I'm, I'm I'm just, you know, deeply impressed with the way that Conte can can make them shift around, as you've said. But I, I think next year, um, I think the squad will be uh, will be better, will be deeper um, with with some new purchases, um, uh, and they'll all be as flexible. And I think he'll try and get players that he knows that will be flexible and can play easily according to any kind of whim that he he, he comes up with. Um, uh, I mean, I, it was interesting that he played. He, he played um, the Fabregas uh, more as a as a fall, uh, much further forward against City, um, which he hadn't been doing before. And unlike you, I thought he might take him off at half time, but uh, in the end, he felt that he had to try and maintain the same um, the same setup as we normally have. And what what you said before about Pedro, I thought about Tony said, I thought Pedro had a wonderful second half um, in the wing back position because he'd been bad against Palace and he'd been not very good against Wolves playing there but he suddenly just pulled it out of the bag completely but yeah I think uh, um, I do think it I think it necessary for them to buy a few more players as they're going to do so to make it that much more strong for next year in which case he would be interesting to see how he then plays both the league and Europe because that's when um, the pressure will be on for uh, for trying to to keep the team fresh and competitive won't it you know that's an interesting point. I was going to jump in there, Chich, but I just want to say that um, he was with Juve and then did a, a, you know, however many years it was with um, with the Italian national side. Um, and and for, for, his, for all the traditional greatness of, of Juve and their history, I'm not sure he would have been at a team with such um, a budget available, you know, for him to do what he wants with and with such depth in the academy. Um, you know, we, we've, we've got a lot to look forward to. And, and I just get this lovely warm feeling that he's the man who's walked into a job and thought shit this is this I, look at what i can do here you know he will be given um potentially unlike any of the others just about everything he needs in order to to make it a kind of more long-term sustainable successful um you know uh, organization club uh, we're not going to win everything every year but i think that we're possibly about to embark on the days when um that that kind of peaks and troughs thing that we've known since Roman took over may well about to be levelling off at a very very high level indeed. He will yeah. want with this new stadium. He will want us to be uh, as as a bigger name and as big a pull as Real Madrid, Barcelona, United, well, and all them other big teams. Clayton, Clayton, let's, uh, let's just bring Clayton in, JK, because otherwise he'll, he'll think that we've ignored him totally. Clayton, Clayton. well, if you have to. No, I've just said. I <laughs> okay, fair story. enough. Was that all you wanted to say? Sorry, mate. Yeah, um, about that. About it's about making it into the, one of the best teams in the world. That's the aim. So, and also the huge riches that we've got, as Tony said, with all the, the all the loans and the fact that he's going to have a, a huge war chest. You've got uh, great possibilities for next year. Clayton, um, would you like to sum all that up for us? I mean, basically, you know, do you think we'll do okay in Europe? Do you think that? Uh, 
the kind of flexibility that we've just alluded to will, will help that rather than obviously hinder it. And, you know, where do you think he might strengthen next year for an assault on both Europe and the league? Uh, everywhere, to be honest. Um, I, the strengthening in defence, I think, is not going to be that difficult because I think Christensen's going to come back and come back into the team. Um, who's under threat, I'm not entirely sure uh, because they've all played well. I think that hopefully Ake will uh, get more game time as well. Um, but I think there's a, a, a school of thought that he's going to be used as bait to get Van Dijk in from Southampton. Um, he's definitely going to get somebody in midfield. Uh, I can't see Matic surviving. Um, to be honest with you, I think Matic has played really well this season, but I think there are better options out there. Um, and we've got to get at least one, maybe two strikers in whether Tammy will make it into the squad and be given an opportunity. Um, that will be interesting to see. I mean, you scored a phenomenal amount of goals in a team that's actually going to go down. Um, obviously, it's not quite the level that, that we're at, but but who knows what Conte can do. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think what what's quite interesting is that after the years of people complaining that Mourinho had his sort of undroppables and or invincibles or whatever they were called, this season's been exactly the same. You know, he's he's basically had his core of 13, 14 players um, and not very many others have, have had any sort of a look in. Um, whether any of the, the guys who basically have spent a lot of time on the bench, Shaloba or, or Loftus-Cheek, are, are going to see any game time, or whether Lewis Baker's going to come back, I don't know. Um, but it is difficult if you are fighting on all those fronts to see, you know, where those guys are gonna uh, are gonna get game time? I really hope they do, uh, but I can't see it um, because of the sort of pressure that our managers are under. But yeah, I mean, you know, our squad just two or three into that existing squad gonna make us well even more difficult to beat than we are now. But we're gonna need that in Europe. Yeah, I mean, mate, interesting, interesting that you 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 know, in a lot of those players you mentioned are you know relatively well all, all young. Some of them, you could almost yep. say, just fresh out of the youth product, uh, untried and untested. Do you, do you not think that, you know, if Conte's got to, you know, have a serious tilt at the at the Champions League next year, as well as, uh, you know, mount a defence, hopefully, uh, of the Premier League, do you not think he's going to want to go out and buy some seriously good world-class players rather than, you know, just lump in, uh, you know, Ake or Christensen or, or whoever? Do you, do you not think that? Yeah, I do, but I don't think it. I I think there'll there'll be one centre half coming, which I think will probably be Van Dyke. I think there'll be one top top draw um, midfielder. Um, I mean, I know that we're not going to get him, but somebody like a Verratti, um, I think he'll come in, and and I think we'll buy one and maybe two strikers. Um, certainly, if Costa is going to go, it's going to be two. It's probably going to be Lukaku mm. and a another. So yeah, I think we'll get three or four top class, top mm. class players to come in and, and supplement what we've already got. I mean, my only fear, my only fear, is the club being twats and not listening to what he wants. Um, and sort of having some sort of stupid fight with Emanalo 
about whoever Manalo wants to come in. So that that that's my only fear. Things have been too quiet for too long. Well, that's the I agree with you, and I have to say it, it fills me it fills me with fear and dread. Uh, I mean, I've heard I've heard on the grapevine and elsewhere that actually, you know, they are going to go large. You know, four or five you know top top notch players that Conte wants. Uh, so let's hope that that bears out because if we shoot ourselves in the foot again, I don't think I will be able I to bear it. I mean, we were all joking on the show last <laughs> week, Clayton, that if 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 the unthinkable happened and we we Devon locked it and Spurs won, me, Marco, Kelvin, and a few others are heading for Beachy Head, where we will be flying over the edge, mate, because we wouldn't be able to I, bear. I it. did hear, yeah. I did hear that, and I just basically thought we'll probably get some sort of camper van because we'll be going together. <laughs> well, we, we, we did actually I, think actually, maybe, I, maybe, I, I, maybe I, I, a du- I maybe a double decker bus, you know, as in the young yes. ones. You know, watch out, yeah, Cliff. <laughs> Can I just say I, I won't be doing that? And can I can I take the show over? Yes, well, I, I shall. I'm going to will it to you, Jonathan. In fact, it's already in my will. Uh, I bequeath the Chelsea fancast to Jonathan Kidd. Good fucking luck, mate. <laughs> or as Tony well knows, my it. final words on the show will be: Have you ever had the feeling you've been cheated? Anyway, we're I, right. I, you know that. what? We, we've. I've, do you know what? There you go. Just, just shows how wonderfully unprofessional I am. I've enjoyed that chat with you lot because we went off off piste a bit there. I enjoyed that so much. I've just realised we've come up to time, and I haven't done any of my usual plugs. So, supporters trust CPO CFC UK. I read it every week. You know what's going on. Sort it out. Anyway, uh, after the break, uh, we've got some emails coming up uh, from India, Australia, New York, you name it. They're all coming from all over the place. It's going to be great fun. And uh, Jonathan gets to talk lots. So we'll see you in a sec. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I'm Stanford Chidge, and we're on the final part of uh, what's been great fun this week. I've enjoyed the show today. We've, uh, we've had the wonderful Tony Glover on. Bonsoir. Who's been buzzing quite literally tonight? Uh, we've got the lovely yes. Clayton Beerman. Hello. Always non buzzing. Not buzzing, but always the voice of reason. Last but by no means least, uh, the man to whom I'm going to bequeath the uh, Chelsea uh, fancast <laughs> when I do finally uh, fly off Beachy Head with a few other Chelsea reprobates. Uh, but until then, you're just going to have to put up with me controlling it all. But. Uh, one thing I can't control, of course, is what is really very much Jonathan's slot. I don't mean that as dirty as it sounded. Um, but before we get into Jonathan and his emails, because they've got some crackers this week, I just want to have quick plugs for uh, uh, the wonderful uh, Tony Smut buddy, Alex Churchill's book, The Girl Who Likes Balls, uh, which is uh, going to be available in uh, in June, I think, or May, at the end of the season anyway, from Amazon uh, Kindle, pound ninety nine. Girl Who Likes Balls, Following Chelsea Home and Away, 2006-17. Marco has also got a book out, The Italian Job, How Planet Chelsea Fell in Love with Antonio Conte. Uh, and that will all, is also available to pre-order from Kindle for one ninety nine. Paperback details to follow soon. Publication date, the 13th of June. And finally, this is great, actually. Uh, Councillor Ed from the Royal Borough of Windsor has emailed me to say that they have acquired a small bench 
for Peter Osgood, which uh, will be installed in Osgood Park on Saturday, the 29th of April, 11am. All Chelsea fans, past and present, are very, very welcome. Uh, and, of course, Ed put on a fantastic exhibition in, in the museum in Windsor uh, last year, which featured Peter Osgood. And, that, I mean, Peter was a, a resident, grew up, uh, born in, in Windsor, I believe. So uh, he has a great affinity with that borough. Go and check it out. They're obviously giving Peter a lot of love, which is what we should all do too. Right, Jonathan, over to you. Uh, this is from Matt Brown. Hi, Chid, Jonathan and gang. After victory against Bournemouth, we're another step closer to reclaiming the title but we can't afford any complacency and must back the team 100% here. I write this due to the negativity and tension I've felt at recent home matches. Let me provide you with a couple of examples. City's equaliser in the last home match. Yes, Thibaut made a mistake, and I, like the majority of the stadium, am often shouting at him to send a long ball up the pitch rather than the possession football from the back. However, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe this was the first goal we've conceded all season due to us employing these tactics. As a former goalkeeper myself, I can appreciate that Thibaut would have been feeling absolutely distraught and embarrassed by his error. I'm sure that like most professionals in any career, he is his own worst critic. And so the abuse and jeering he received after this error was disgraceful in my view. Thibaut has been amazing for us this season and we should remember this. Frankly, I'm a firm believer of never booing or jeering your own players, no matter how poor the performance. Absolutely agree with that. Secondly, the defeat against Palace. Yes, it was a poor result. And although the stats showed us having plenty of goal opportunities, we didn't actually make Hennessy perform any saves that you wouldn't have expected him to have made. Yes, he got lucky with a couple of close-range shots being directed close to where he was standing. I'm a season ticket holder in the MH, Matthew Harding Upper. And again in the second half, when we were struggling to find a goal, I could hear the moaning all around me. Come on, people. Stop the negativity. Get behind the team. It was a blip. And let's be honest, Palace were extremely lucky. As the season draws to a climax, I suspect there'll be a few more tense nights at the bridge. The last thing we want to do is make the players even more tense by not fully backing them, even through the bad moments. The heckling of Jose recently was another incident which I found very distasteful. I hope I'm not in the minority of Chelsea supporters here, but Jose will always have a special place in my heart. Have we all forgotten the amazing success and memories he brought us? I really don't want us to be like Arsenal fans who regularly boo their former idols when they return. Please can I also take this opportunity for you to raise awareness to listeners of the fan cast of me running the London Marathon. That's not me, that's him. The London Marathon in a couple of weeks for the London Air Ambulance, a fantastic charity close to my heart. Um, as an 11-year-old in 1995, the London Air Ambulance airlifted me to the Royal London Hospital after I was run over by a lorry. I fractured my skull and was in intensive care, but thankfully made a full recovery. I've no doubt that without the London Air Hospital, I wouldn't have made it. Think of all the success I would have missed out on. While in hospital, I actually received a get well message from Glenn Hoddle, who was our manager at that time. Brilliant. One of my first memories after coming out of the coma was watching the 1995 FA Cup final between United and Everton in hospital. My luck must have been in as my dad had put a bet on me for, for Paul Rideout to be the first goal scorer. Anyway, it would be much appreciated if anyone could spare a few pounds for this amazing charity. To sponsor me, please go to londonsairambulance.co.uk forward slash events forward slash virgin 
hyphen money hyphen london hyphen marathon hyphen 2017 forward slash fundraisers forward slash mac hyphen brown hyphen one i'll read that again because i think it's really important london's air slash events slash virgin hyphen money hyphen london hyphen marathon hyphen 2017 slash fundraisers slash matt hyphen brown hyphen one it's a bit of a mouthful i know so you can find the link on my twitter page at m brown cfc that's at m brown cfc unfortunately i don't get home from work in time to listen to the fancast live on a monday night but regularly enjoy it while i'm on my training runs enough of my waffle up the chels many thanks Mail. What a brilliant email! I, I'm just going to say, J.K. I, I, you know, uh, I'm obviously I'm, I'm what brilliant email and and uh, what an amazing uh, charity to run for the London Air Ambulance is fantastic and what a horrific story for Matt being oh. being run over. I mean, thank God it was the London Ambulance uh, that that picked him up rather than Glenn Hoddle sending his faith healer rather than a good luck message. <laughs> <laughs> you know, good old Eileen. Yeah, it was Eileen. Eileen Drury. That was it. Eileen Drury. Eileen Drury. Yeah. Come on, Eileen. Very good of Glenn to uh, good of Glenn to send a message. I think he's a he's a he's a sweet chap like that, actually, Glenn. Hoffman. Do you know what, J.K.? Um, I, 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 mad weird tangent though it may be, but the fancast would not be the fancast without a mad weird tangent, would it? I love Glenn Hoddle, and I, I think he gets a very bad rap from a lot of Chelsea sp- uh, supporters. And I'm sure it's the whole Spurs thing that's at the heart of it. But I mean, for God's sake, it was Glenn Hoddle that pretty much turned us round. You know, so can I, I can I just say that part of it is Spurs for somebody yeah. who doesn't like Hoddle. Yeah. And also the fact that the minute the England job came in, he was out the door before he was out there really quickly. Yeah. So I don't like him on two counts, but there yeah. you go. That, but you know what, Clayton? That's, Do you know what, Clayton? That's, that's just that's just me. Do you I'm know a what? Old I know man. you are. But un- un- unlike you, Clayton, he's got great hair. Oh, <laughs> no, but you know the point is. But the, the point <laughs> Below is, the, Chich, belt. the point Throw is, Chich. Over head now, Chich. <laughs> yeah, but the point is, I had. <laughs> Do you know what? I've seen the pics, mate, and that is for real. That is can, absolutely for Chich, real. Can totally. I, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna back you up on Hoddle. I like not him, not on non Clayton's hair though. <laughs> no, but he 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 was he was the turning point for for the club. Even though I think we best yes. best finish was. But the, but the England thing, do you know what? I was proud. I was proud that the Chelsea yeah. manager had been given the yeah. England job. Yeah. That's that's what that yeah. made me feel. Or as Clayton as, actually... as Clayton would say, no, no, no. <laughs> exactly. We better move an on, JK. Um, Come on, off for the next one. I just say yeah, briefly, yeah, of course. an interesting, interesting angle on Hoddle is to, you should read Tony Cascarino's book. I and, did. Uh, he's scathing Brilliant. about Hoddle, scathing about him. Yeah. yeah, he used to show off every day in his skills and say things like, I mean, I know, "Wasn't I, it somebody I, who said about him that if, if he could, if he was made made of chocolate, he'd lick himself?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, the one of the stories I remember is they do that thing of he'd stand in the middle and volley the ball to all the Chelsea players, supposed to volley it, volley it back, 
and and nobody could do it other than him who could just keep the ball in the air for hours and hours and and he'd do it and then wander off. You know, that's that's in Cascarino's book. You go, oh, yes, he's slightly up himself. J.K. Apart, but, uh, apart, apart, apart from all of that, apart from all, apart from all of that, uh, it was a great email yeah, by Matt, and he made some great points yeah, about done. about the negativity and the booing. And I also know he's a Matthew Harding upper season ticket holder, so yeah. I, I hope to to bump into you it, one day. It Matt. was particularly moany against Palace. Yeah. It was awful that day. Really bad. All right, just can just I say quick, that just this quick, doesn't well, happen in the uh, in the prawn sandwich area that mm. I sit. We're all very supportive. It's because you're all asleep. Okay, can I just can I just <laughs> yeah, can I just butt in? Well, can no, I just butt in at this no, juncture? Not... Can I please just butt in at this juncture? It's ten minutes already into this part. We've done one email and we have another four to go. Just saying. Oh, well, I warned you, Chich. You I did. warned you. You did. Can I just can I just defend myself here and just say one of the reasons that we're we're uh, we're, we're asleep is we're not. We're lying down because we're we're so scared because we're all so old. We're all so scared of what's going on on the pitch, thinking, "Oh, it's all going to fall apart like it did, like it did in 1974." Oh God! Anyway, um, Madhav Sethi, one of the great males from India. I mean, for goodness' sake, what a wonderful, wonderful catchment area this podcast has. India, wow, brilliant! Here we go. Uh, hello, everyone, over at the Chelsea Fancast. Oi, I've been oi. listening to your show for every. Yeah, what? No, no, I'm just saying hello back. Oh, I thought your oi oi was telling me to to stop for being uh, for not being loud enough or something. Let's start again. This is from Madav Sethi, and Chidge can go Chidge go oi oi. Oi oi. Going fantastic. Oi oi. Um, hello everyone over at the Chelsea Fancast. Q Chidge. Oi oi. Good. I've been listening to your show for over six months now. Q Chidge. Oi oi. Good. Thank you. And every week around Wednesday when it gets uploaded on Soundcast. Uh, slash podcast. I'm excited as I have my driving and travelling companions back. By the way, am I one of your first emailers from India? I could be, couldn't I? I'm based out of New Delhi and I've been a Chelsea fan since 2006. I remember the exact year because that was when the World Cup got me into football and then the Premier League got me hooked. That was the season Shevchenko was signed. Balak arrived after that famous kicked in the ballots newspaper article the English core of the team was at its peak and Drogba was emerging as a goal machine since then almost every week I've made it a point to watch the games and I've followed the career of my favourite player Frank Lampard amongst those of others yeah one of the great players over time I've gotten more and more into the Chelsea scene and as of now I have to say I'm completely immersed and Chelsea Fancast, to be honest, is now part of the complete immersion experience I'm having week in and week out. Overall, though, I do have a few things to bring up for discussion that I'd love to hear your opinions on. First, over the past five to eight years, we've had a super inconsistent transfer policy. Some seasons we bring in the very best and the next we have to make do with bringing in the likes of Tal Ben Haim. Yossi Benayoun. Oh, I'd forgotten about him. Um, Jilob, Jilob, I can never remember. Jilobodji. That's it. Jilobodji, Michael Hector, etc. And we've suffered because of that. We sometimes reach a point where we realise we've made a mistake, but the title's already gone. Other times we realise that our players are now too old or past it. Like when last year we realised we don't have a lot of cover at wing-back stroke central midfield or attack. Why, what do you think about this situation? Why do you think this loops over and over? And how much of it is down to having a Michael Emanalo and not having a Monchi of Sevilla? Second, we've sold so many good players over the years. Lukaku, De Bruyne, 
Scherler and so on. I wouldn't say about Scherler. They just keep <laughs> letting, letting promising youngsters slip away. And we keep loaning players out. It sometimes feels like burying our heads in the ground when we realise they may not be that good. Cudrado, Salah, Baba, Remy, Hector, Dilabodji, and so on. It's not as if Remy's value is going to increase anymore or something. I don't understand the logic. Finally, the young ones never seem to progress. McEachern, Bruma, Ake, Chaloba, RLC, and Sinclair, and so on. Even when they get chances, they don't seem to settle in. In your combined experience, do you think this is normal, or is this an area we're screwing up in? Third, Mourinho is acting like such a bitter old man nowadays. He seems unrecognisable from the witty, tactical genius who would act all cheeky. I no longer have any love for him because of the way he's been talking about Chelsea, the atmosphere and the fans. And I no longer love him because of the way he criticised, complained and kept crying about our players and the referees and the agendas. He seemed to have lost his touch by the time he left. With what he's become now, would you guys, if given a chance, take our bitter old ex back? Regards, Madav Sethi. And whoever is eating a sweet, please, please wait till I've finished. Please. Thank you. God, not only did somebody eat the sweet, then I heard it in your mouth. Is it you, Chief? <laughs> no, it's me. Sorry, Jack. There I am. Such a heathen. I ain't. If we were in the pictures together, I'd have said, excuse me, manager. The right... Escort this man out. Jonathan, Jonathan, the right response to that is, this is not the podding shed, you know. Oh, yes. (laughs) Okay, he... You know... I love that. I love the fact you actually... We heard the sweet, Chid. We even heard the sweet. Look, can we shut up talking about sweets? Otherwise, you're not going to get through all the emails. Well, he asked... Madhav asked many, many questions. The first of which is, I don't know if he's the first Indian... Uh, listener to write in an email. He's not the first Indian listener. I I, I know several Indian uh, people who you know live in India uh, that have been listening to the show pretty much since we started. But uh, I can check for you. Um, really, I think the essence of what he's asking is um, what's wrong with our transfer policy. Am I right, J.K.? Do you think? Uh, yeah, yeah, he is. He is. I mean, it's got good points about that. That that, that we seem to have a period. We did it before, didn't we? We did it under um uh, um. Uh, what's his face? Uh, who won the won the double for us? I've got, bloody hell! I can't remember. Ancelotti. Ancelotti. Uh, Ancelotti. Yeah. And what, I was going to call him Conchaletti, and I thought, who's that? It's uh, an <laughs> amalgam of Conte and Ancelotti. Yes, we did it under him the following season when we did we didn't. Um, he, they tried to give the the youth a go, and we were stuck with Van Arnholt and Bru- and uh, Bruma. Um, so I, I just think it's almost as if they go, oh, we've spent a bit of money. We'd better be careful now and just bring bring other people in. But yeah, some of these people, Ben, are you? What? That was um, that, that was, was that twat Raffa, wasn't decision. it? That, that, was that was Benitez. That was dreadful. It was. It was. Yeah, no. And Tel Van Eyen, you know, you're okay. That that Tel Van Eyen was um, was uh, um, uh, 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 who our, knows? Ex uh, um, Israel. Um, Grant, Avram Grant, wasn't it? Grant, Avram Grant. God, my mind's gone. I mean, I don't know. Um, I don't know what the other. Yeah. I don't know what the other two think of this. I mean, very quickly, I'll, I'll give my two p worth on this, which I think is, I think, it, it, I think, in a sense, it is a bit flawed. But I don't think you can wag the finger entirely at you know Amanalo, much as you might want to. Who, by the way, I I I understand has an incredibly good reputation 
in terms of what he does. I think you just nailed it, really, JK. The trouble is, when you keep sacking managers every two years, a new one comes in and they go and buy who they want. And if they don't get that right, or if they win their battle with Emanala, you end up with players like Ben Ayim and Ben Ayun and God knows who. So, you know, that, I think, is an element to it. Although I have to say, also in that state of flux, when you've got managers coming and going... Somebody like Emanalo will have more influence and then they can get it wrong too. So, you know, I think it's basically compounded by our instability. Would you, would you agree with that, Clayton? No, I just think there's too many people doing it. I think you've got to just say one person mm. and one person should be the manager. If you, if you employ a manager, you should back him. It kind of bears out um, what we were saying about giving Conte I, what he wants, I, really. Yeah, I mean, I do realise that in in a lot of other European countries, I think Italy and Spain, that they do have directors of football who go out and uh, get you players and say, right, you need to to sort of, you know, with Real Madrid with all the Galacticos and all the rest of it, I'm sure a lot of those are are just purchased by the president and not by the manager. It might not what they what they want, but we we play a different type of football here. The managers have far more duties. I know that they're sort of, I don't even think Conte's called our manager, is he? He's called head coach or something like that. Um, but one one would hope that that, um, that he is trusted to identify players. I, you know, I think they did try and get in players at the beginning of the season and, and we just wouldn't pay the ridiculous prices. I think we've had that two or three years. I think where the frustration has been is where we've gone out and bought a load of dross um, and which has really just been for the sake of making money. Gillibodji being a perfect example. Michael Hector, will he ever, ever, ever wear a Chelsea shirt? You never know. Um, and then Matt Miazga. You know, we, all these players were bought. You know, Jose was looking for for sort of top quality guys to come in and bolster up a squad that was aging, and he got not what he wanted. I was going to be rude then, but I'm not going to be. So I think it's difficult. Um, bottom line is you look how many trophies you won in 10 years and you have to say, we must be doing something right. Indeed. Um, I'm going to, Tony, I'm going to give you a swerve on this one. If you, if you allow me to, for, that's all right. yeah, we're going to yeah, yeah, hit, right. hit the next email. If that's all right, JK. Yes. This is from Bobby Delcini. Hello, me old mate, Chich. We've come a long way in the last few years since I've started listening. From recording a few mates down the pub, TV channel, and now a few mates chewing the fat about the greatest team the world has ever seen. I love hearing the stories of how our fans became Chelsea fans from all corners of the world and thought I'd also share a few things myself. I moved to Australia on the 1st of March 2001. Viali had just been sacked as Chelsea manager and the Tinker Man had just taken over. I feel as though I'm stuck in this time lapse, but feel very privileged to live in the era I did. I used to live in Hillingdon and working shifts gave me the opportunity to go down the training facility in Harlington and watch the players train. They used to come up to us fans after each session and sign autographs and chat to us. I was also in at the training ground the day after Hullet got sacked and a fan who was paid by the gutter press threw a Chelsea shirt on the ground. I feel the players were more approachable and happy to spend time with you and ask how you were going. Try doing that today. So I have a question to the panel tonight. We all have our greatest moments in watching Chelsea. A few of mine were the 1997 FA Cup final, <coughs> beating Barcelona 3-1 in the Champions League, <coughs> losing 6-0 in Celery Green at Queen's Park Rangers on plastic and singing all through the game. Yes, I was there. God, that was awful. 
I remember singing We Want Six. Yes, I remember singing that too. Travelling to Leeds and watching us win 1-0 with a John Harley goal and shutting the scum up by singing Chelsea, 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 for 60 minutes. I was there too. But what is your quirkiest moment as a Chelsea fan? I have two. One was at a pre-season tour of Holland, Vitesse Arnhem, where Dennis Wise got sent off and got a three-match domestic ban in the first game. God, that was terrible. The FA just pissed him up. <coughs> I ended up sitting in the stand with Dennis Wise, Albert Ferrer, Kazaragi, and a few other players chatting with them. There were only about 500 fans at the tournament. The other was a wet, cold, midweek ZDS Cup game against West Ham. There were 4,000 fans at the bridge, and after 90 minutes, we were 2-3 down. We scored two in the last minute to win 4-3. We went on to play at Wembley and won it that year. So, yes, I've never seen us win the league in person, but feel very lucky to be part of an era where winning the FA Cup was the best thing that ever happened. Then to go and win the Cup Winners' Cup the year after, oh, my God. To experience paying five quid to get into a game, queuing at the gate to ensure I got my place in the middle of the shed, then singing myself hoarse to watch crap like Andy Myers, Tony Cascarino, Vinnie Jones, Joe Allen, Mick Harford, oh, and a 60-year-old Graham Ricks playing in Europe. Oh, and one final point. When I was 18, I was an apprentice mechanic on 50 quid a week. Going to the game was hard, but still affordable. This was a time where the club was in big trouble, and a couple of years later, the CPO was started. I paid 10 quid a month, and I was able to purchase a share. It still sits proudly on my wall, signed by Dennis Wise. So, yes, we are looking to expand the stadium, but it's still important to buy a share, as who knows what the future holds. Roman may not be around tomorrow, and the real estate where the bridge is located is still worth a huge amount. We have a unique system in place that gives the fans a massive amount of power, which the club underestimated. So, once again, thanks, Mr Chidge, for all the hard work over the last seven-plus years in keeping me in touch with Chelsea and what happens. It's very much appreciated as you give me the feeling that I'm still a fan. Anyway, enjoy your day and up the Chels. Bobby D, Melbourne, Australia. Lovely. Lovely mail. Well, I'm, delight mail. I think I, I'm delighted to say that Bobby, Bobby's been listening since the word go, JK. Uh, and I, 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 met, I met him too when I went to Australia, met him in Melbourne. And he's been over here a few times. He's one of the, he was one of the most lovely blokes you're ever likely to meet. Uh, Chelsea or, or anywhere else he's an absolute brilliant brilliant bloke uh, and the sooner he comes over here the better by the way the other thing is actually talking I don't know any quirky game I can't think of any that come to mind but what I can think of is when Bobby D turned up he gave me uh, a signed uh, Umbro 1970 kind of 677 era Chelsea shirt signed by Chopper Harris which he had got himself from Chopper Harris when he was a kid because this thing's tiny uh, and he gave it to me. He said, no, no, you, you, I want you to have it just to say thank you for everything you do on this. So how about that? That's the kind of bloke we're talking about here with Bobby D. Great stuff. Fantastic. Yeah. So, uh, somebody was clearing their sinuses out during the, the end of that. So uh, it was you. I, I won't point the, point the finger. It wasn't me. Um, Has anybody got any quirky matches? Because this will be our last email, JK, because we run out of time to read the other two. Um, I, um, I went to... Uh, Oh, it's happening again. I went to, um, uh, I saw Coventry versus Chelsea uh, in a, a coach that I thought was going to be, because uh, there was a period under Bates who was really after as much dosh as he could get, where you could pay 60 quid to buy a director's box ticket. And uh, I paid 60 quid and I was told I had to go, I had to wear a suit 
and I was going to go in the executive club coach. So I turned up to discover that I was uh, the, the, the all the guests in the coach was me. I was the only guest and it was Hutchinson, Bates and Susanna. And uh, uh, I went all the way up to Coventry in silence. Um, we won. And on the way back, Bates got a bit pissed. And I sat with Gary Straker, Draker. I sat next to him. He was very charming and chatty. And uh, and uh, on the way back, um, Bates was absolutely, as we won 2-0, was completely made up, Was uh, was um, loved it so much, started telling me lots of facts about the game uh, and about uh, Chelsea and about little things Viali, you know, he hadn't got on with and, uh, and other things. But it was the most bizarre game because I was then referred to from then on as um, Susanna's actor friend because Susanna, I uh, spoke to her about her holidays and not about football. And, and she said, oh, you're the first person who's ever spoke to me about, uh, uh, not about football. I, I like you. So from then on, Bates, every time he saw me, referred to me as Susanna's actor friend. So that's a slightly quirky story to tell. Very quickly, Tony, uh, Tony and Clayton. I mean, if you have one. <laughs> um, not, not, not specific, other than that. Um, the only, the only real quirky moment that's ever happened to me at Chelsea was was sharing a lift with Ken Bates when he was in his full fur regalia and um, just getting the complete impression from him that um, that that I was like you know not worthy of even being in the same ground as him, let alone the same lift. Um, and my mate having to basically put his hand over my mouth to shut me up from saying what I wanted to say, mm. um, which I regret now. I wish I had said something to him, actually, because oh. he was so pig ignorant and arrogant. It was only about three floors, I think, you know, but it was just one of those where you, you, you stood next. And, and, and I'm pretty sure it was a, a real fur. I was pretty, yeah. pretty angry you should, you with should, him over a number of things. Tony, you should have farted in the lift. That's the only response. Yes. When Do you you're know, stuck in a lift there's never one when you want. Yeah, there's never one when you yeah. really want one, is there? <laughs> Clayton, final word to you, mate. Final word to you. I can't think of anything quirky. I've only been going for 900 years. So I'm sure there is something. But That's quirky I'll, I'll in I'll think about it. Yeah. Mate, I know what I, you mean. I, I mean, in all honesty, Clayton, I, 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 you know, when somebody... Quirk is a really strange yeah, thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking, whoa. I, I, I mean, the trouble is I'm usually so pissed after as I can't remember who the hell I... Where I was, let alone who we were playing, you know. So, <laughs> you know, there is there is that. But uh, Bobby D, I'll tell you what, uh, I'll save one up for you next time you come over to London and we'll, we'll go and have a curry and a few pints of lager as we are want to do when you turn up in the manor um right i just ought to very very quickly say a thank you so much jonathan for reading them out as beautifully as you always do uh and secondly many many apologies to nick barkley and kunle anjurin uh because we just haven't got time to read your emails tonight but we will pr- i will put them to the top of the queue for next for the next show isn't that right jonathan absolutely we will, we will indeed. Um, and on that on that very point, uh, as you know, we, we do genuinely love uh, receiving your emails and uh, we will always try and read them out on the show. Sometimes time precludes it, uh, like today. But uh, don't uh, don't worry, we will read them. Uh, so send them in to chelseafancast.gmail.com, uh, preferably before a Monday. Right, that is uh, all we've got time for today. We've been, we've been chuntering on like Billio today. Uh, I, think, I think the thing is, when you've got Clayton, me... Jonathan and Tony all on the show together. You get a lot of people with a lot to say, so uh, it gets crammed. Uh, but anyway, I hope you all enjoy it. Uh, don't forget to download the Kerry Dixon show on Thursday when uh, Kerry and I will give our reaction to the match 
against Bournemouth and look ahead to the match against United on Saturday, on Sunday, should I say. And of course, the joy of that show is that I talk a lot less and Kerry talks a lot more, which is why it's such a great show, really. Uh, now, I will be back next Monday together with Jonathan, uh, with Liam. Really? To- yeah, you're on again, Jonathan. How, who, who knew? Uh, Liam Toomey, <laughs> the wonderful Liam Toomey from ESPN. And the very lovely, the first time ever, we've got one of the boys from the London is Blue podcast. Uh, we've got the lovely Nick Valaney on, or as we should say, Jonathan, Nick Valaney is on because he's the Nick's one. Valaney. Yeah, Nick's the I'm one. Gonna yeah, the, the yeah, Ghost, yeah. Me. What? Yeah, Nick, Nick's the one who who sounds like Bob Budka, you know. So Nick's coming on the show. <laughs> he's coming on the show next Tuesday, and he's going to enlighten us. Okay, he's going to enlighten us all on soccer. Uh, but Nick's a lovely, lovely bloke, and they've always been very hospitable to me when I've been on the show. Now they've heard that Liam Toomey is on next Monday. I fully expect to see Liam Toomey as the guest on the show uh, preceding ours, which is the one that they do on the Sunday. So there we go. I've also given them a plug for that. And I've also been an utter queen bitch in the process. Let's be honest, people. You wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, right. Don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast. Me at Stamford Chidge. Uh, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, uh, the lovely Clayton at Goalie59, and Grocer Jack UK is Tony Glover. And of course, check out the website, ChelseaFanCast.com. Many thanks to the Chelsea Fancast bloggers, as always, for their sterling work. Right, we got to go. Uh, it's been great fun this week. I've really enjoyed it. Many thanks to, in no particular order, Tony. Been lovely having you on the show, mate, as always. Uh, it's been a pleasure, as always, mate, and I hope to see you at the, uh, the next home game. Yes, which will be. I'm just trying to think when that will be, actually. Southampton. Is it Southampton? Southampton. Southampton. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. well, I'll be there for that one. But, of course, that's a pain. I I won't be drinking for a start because I've got to get back home that night. But uh, hopefully I'll get in time to go. And I'll be leaving here quite late because I'm I'm busy until three. Hopefully we'll have time to have a quick jar of something before the the match. But, yes. Yes, it will be good. Yeah, it will be good too, mate. Yeah, Yeah, I'll see you in the cock, no doubt. Clayton, as all, always lovely to have you on the show, mate. Uh, and uh, hopefully I'll see you soon as well. Indeed. And the same cockage. <laughs> isn't it, isn't it cockage? Cockage, yes. yes. You, yeah. you, admit, you were missed. I had to, I had to do, yeah. make do with the lovely Rick Glanville last time I was in the uh, last home game. Yeah, well, I was in the cock, mate, before, because I saw the Chicago Blues lot there. Oh, you mean against yeah. well, City? Maybe I'm getting no. Maybe I'm getting my games mixed. Well, up. I, I didn't make that City. Was, I think that you, was the you Palace were, game, wasn't it? No, I was the Wednesday game. I yeah, was in, yeah, I yeah. Was in no, well, I couldn't make it because I had to work. But uh, yeah, I know what you mean. Mate, anyway, I will see you soon. It's about time you had a beer. About time, yeah. About time you had a beer. I haven't seen you properly for a long time. Uh, last but by no means least, the wonderful effervescent Jonathan Kidd. Always a pleasure, mate. Thank you. And always uh, great to be on the show. Couldn't speak for a second. Then always lovely to be on the show. Love with such good company. Excellent. We we rendered Jonathan speechless. It's only taken over two hours, but we managed to do it in the end. (laughs) Jonathan, as always, great to have you on. Wouldn't be the same without you. Right. Many thanks to that lot. Many thanks to you lot, particularly the lot of you that have been listening in Mixler. You're all Trojans, and I love you. Uh, Right. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chills. Up the chills! It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. 
you've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.